Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast on the 24th of March 2016. Hello. 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 There we go. Hello. Best I've got. Sorted. Can't do any better than that, I'm afraid. I can die happy now. It's it's always good, isn't it? Jesse, your office is looking a little bit more sensual than usual. What's going on here? I'm at my home. Indeed you are. I have an apple because you guys spent 25 minutes talking about fucking apples before we started. So I got an apple. I'm doing great. Good choice. You made a good choice. Yeah, I, well done. Have, I have tea. I have some of that crazy British tea. I'm doing good in my life. Everything's fine. There's nothing really crazy tea? about that. What? What brand is it's, the tea? That's Twinnings. Twinjings. Do you say Twinjings? Twinjings. Oh, what? Oh my Twee wigs. Oh. Nice cup of twinging. Yeah. Not, nice not, cup of twingings. Nothing worse T-wigs. than a bit of twinging. <laughs> what? The old the old tea wigs tea. It's delicious. Tea wigs. And um Yeah, I'm having a good time I'm at home. I don't know what you can see. You, you can we can see, see we can see a couch, a terrible yeah, headset. Yeah, you works. can see my headset, you can see a table. That's really it. <laughs> it's my home. In- Hi, indeed, in- indeed it is. Our special guest for the show today, uh, much in demand, certainly. I think one of the most requested guests we've ever had over the past few years. We finally got a hold of Hi. him because he's a busy man indeed. His name is Ashens. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure to have you. Uh, some people, of course, may know you from eating things which you shouldn't be eating. Yes, that's become a disturbing aspect of my career. <laughs> I'm yeah. still not entirely sure how, and it'll probably kill me one day through poison. But other than that, recommended. Either that, or it's going to be along the lines of you take a small amount of poison every day, just like the ancient kings of old, and you become resistant uh... to all of this over time. So when the <laughs> apocalypse does... testers for the Basically, king. <laughs> yes. You know, when, when the apocalypse does arrive, Ashens and the cockroaches will survive. That is the long game, absolutely. The short game is a food tester for Queen Elizabeth II. Indeed, indeed. It was a call, mum. Yeah, may she, may she may her reign never end. At this rate, it probably never will. But hey, there you go. Impressive, really. She seems to have picked up the genes from her mother, who we did not expect to pass away at any point, actually, ever. I still suspect she's around somewhere. It's possible she maybe was just tired of the public attention. That's I think it, the yeah. world just isn't ready for her to come back. No, I, I I believe you're right. I think time needs to be taken. Uh, speaking of time, somebody that did not have time to show up today was Dodger because she's a slacker. So we got her fiance to replace her. Welcome to the show. How come <laughs> I don't get like, a fancy introduction? Like, I'm a technically a guest on this show. Did you just say technically? Am I just a bench warmer? Am I a bench warmer? Is that me? That's my get role. Some, get some twingings and yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say it, Strip, but maybe. Like, you're becoming the Crendor of the show. I'm accepting of this. Okay, you know? good, good. You I know, get it's, it is, it's really important to learn to live in the shadow of your more talented, more popular wife to be. Yeah. I'm wow. like that guy who has, like, an NBA, like, winner's ring, but, like, was on the bench the whole time. That's me. I mean, that, here's the thing. that sounds like a good scam, honestly. Don't have to do anything, get a winner's <laughs> ring. Wonderful. Normally, I'd give stripping crap for that hat, but I can't because the Vans Warped Tour is back, baby. All my old bands from the 90s are back in the Warped Tour, and I'm so excited. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's I like knew. I'm young I again. It's like That's why I wore this hat. Damn, I remember Warped. What was that, like, Linkin Park, 
Eminem, Limp yeah, Bizkit, it's, it's literally, corn. they're bringing back like all the '90s, like Sum Forty One, Real Big Fish. It literally is my sixth form playlist. Is what that thing is. Yup, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, yes, finally. So, oh man, that's... now I feel ancient. Uh, no, I'm wearing it because my hair is way too long now, and it's just out of control. Oh, look oh, at yeah. my luxurious oh, yeah, that's locks. Awful, oh, Calm it oh down. that's terrible. Oh, god damn it. You're wearing a hat too. What the fuck? Yes, it's because I'm bald. Come on, <laughs> give me a break. I mean, I feel like you rock it though. I mean, I try. I'd like to I'm send it to up on a rocket. But I can't make it out. Uh, yeah, it's my old esports team. Oh. oh, that says Vans. This says Axiom esports. Axiom very, e very, very small oh, backwards yes. letters. It's my old esports team that unfortunately has now shut down because we didn't win anything. But yeah, never it happens. Not 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 a big deal. We're British. That never stops us. Indeed, you win some, you lose some. We lost some more more than <laughs> we some lost actually. A lot. <laughs> we lost quite a bit actually, but you know we it, lost. It, everything consistently but you, you know it was, it was good you know it was it was a good three years you know i made, made some friends uh people could people say like, that no one knows loss quite like britain i mean that is true we we are perpetual losers we're very good at it edit the eagle film out shortly <clears throat> indeed oh dear that's sad. i just devoured this apple holy shit i love apples get out of life <laughs> fucking apples Yes. We've converted him. It didn't take long. We no, it him. didn't. We got him, boys. Yeah, it oh. didn't take long. He's now, uh, we, we snuck in some healthy things as he wasn't noticing, and now uh, he's wonderful. That's all it took. Yeah. I, I had Down Kale today. Thing. I mean, I, I didn't even know Kale was real. Neither did Ashen's, actually, if I recall correctly. No, no, I genuinely didn't. I thought it was like a fictional vegetable made up to uh, take the piss out of such things. But yeah, no. yeah. A South Park Kale vegetable. Is too damn bitter, man. I don't, nothing should be that bitter and awful tasting. Well, that's why you stick it in a smoothie. I put a cup of it in a smoothie along with a banana, six strawberries, an orange, a little bit of yogurt, and uh, some other fruit, which name, whose name escapes me, and then just blended it up in the blend tech. And it's like, hey, great. Kale tastes of nothing, yet I get the benefit of it. That's cool. Hmm. It's like, you know, yeah. I, I'm on the bench. Kale is on the bench and gets his NBA ring anyway. It's perfect. <laughs> What is what is kale supposed to do for you anyway? What is what is kale? Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a leafy vegetable. It's supposed to have yeah, good stuff in it. Exactly. No one knows. We just accept nobody that really kale knows. Is good for you. We yeah. just accept it. We're like, yeah, no, it's it's good for you. Yeah, we're, we're the being told. Kale marketing board is behind all this. <laughs> I, I believe so. It's like benefits of kale. Uh, apparently, it's got three grams of protein in it in one cup, which is quite a lot. Two point five grams of fiber, a lot of vitamin A, C, and K. Uh, folate. And it has alpha lolenic acid, which is an omega-3 fatty acid, apparently. Uh, so... I reckon it's just rancid lettuce that they couldn't get rid of, and they've repackaged and remerchandised. That is literally what it looks like. It, it is little it more than that. Like and it gives you protein and diarrhea. <laughs> Together at last! Well, I mean, it shouldn't be giving you that. If it's got a bunch of fiber in it, it shouldn't be giving you diarrhea. That's not how that works. <laughs> but... It is. If you eat too much, it goes full circle. Well, yes, but you wouldn't eat too much of it because it's awful. And the only time you'd ever have it is if you blended it into a smoothie and hid the taste. So it's it's good. It apparently will may lower cholesterol. It's one of the world's best sources of vitamin K. I don't know what vitamin K is. Isn't that, isn't that the fictional one from The Simpsons? I, I, probably, <laughs> yes. It's no, an important nutrient R, involved in that, blood yeah. clotting. It's uh, apparently important if you bleed a lot. So, what? Yep. Cool. In fact, until recently, no one was eating kale, and the only 
company that bought kale by the bucket load was Pizza Hut. Yep. And they would use it as a garnish for mm-hmm. their salad bars. That was the only the yeah, only thing kale it. was used for before people discovered it was actually healthy. And That's true. Awesome. It yeah. was just just decoration on Pizza Hut salad bars. That was it. Yep. Oh, this lettuce is a bit expensive. Like, garnish. This no, stuff's better than the actual well, yeah. salad bars. Why waste real lettuce, you know, if you've got a useless garnish that no one's going to eat? It's perfect. That's genius. Oh, my God. Well, it's a Corruptional podcast. We take, or the Corruptional Kale cast. We occasionally talk about video games. Well, you see, that was a okay. that was a pun okay. that would that, that, that's a pun that would have worked had I been better at it. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I get the silver medal. I tried. It's about the most quintessentially British thing there is. Oh yes. Well, outside of eating horrible things, Ashens, you do have the uh, distinct mispleasure of looking at rip-off consoles from other countries, and you also wrote this. <laughs> I certainly did. You did. What it, a book it is. It's so is. many words. It and does. You've got to put together in the right order, or people get so pissed off. It's got a surprising amount of words in it. Considered, it's quite heavy. I could hit someone with this, right? Real easy. Yep. There's it's the hard cover. Use, yep. Or uh, reuse if you really hate someone. Indeed, that that is backwards on the camera, but you get the idea. It's called Terrible Old Games You've Probably Never Heard Of, and it is available on Amazon and it's also on Kindle, I believe. It is, but be wary of the Kindle version, for it is not as beautiful. Not, because it's not in colour. Yes. Exactly, and there's no formatting and stuff, so it's a little bit of a substandard experience. But yeah, yes. it tells you all about games that are terrible, and they're old, and you've probably never heard of them. That's why it's called that. Yeah, and I, so far, so good, because I don't think I have heard of any of these and that's what i like there's nothing from the consoles it's all weird old um computers that were popular in britain in the 80s and yeah. so you won't find things like atari 2600 et and now you've got your atari st in there you've got your actual micro uh, microcomputer exactly. commodore 64 yep. amstrad atari, uh, oh the fucking amstrad mad the the only game that i remember on the amstrad that was any good there was uh, aliens and it was an interesting concept not well executed but you played all six characters at once that all had their own screen, and you had to constantly manage all six of them, because if you weren't looking, one of them would get killed by a facehugger while you weren't seeing them on the screen. That was a headache, that game. It really yes. was. It, it was. It was ridiculous. It was a game... It, it was actually the proto, uh, progenitor, I suppose, of Five Nights at Freddy's, if you think about it. It was actually about constantly watching those six kind of CCTV screens... And if you didn't watch one of them and were ready to shoot, when their facehugger came, you your guy would get killed. Yeah. So if you think it about it... It wasn't an Amstrad version of PewDiePie in the corner. That was I the mean, and we can all be forever thankful of that. But it's, it is interesting to see a sort of a weird progenitor of, of that genre like 25 years before it. It was effectively a first-person shooter. A very bad one. But you had yes. to manage all six characters simultaneously. The problem I had with it is I could never get my characters in the same room. They all started in different rooms, but the navigation was so terrible that I couldn't figure out. If someone got facehugged, you had a limited amount of time to get there and get the thing off them. Oh, I don't think I ever did that. No, I, I never managed it because I could never find them in this giant facility that all looked exactly the same. Well, that is the problem, especially with 80s games. You've got a big maze, very limited graphics, very limited memory to hold different tile sets. You're going to get lost constantly. Yes, Like being absolutely. in the underground of somewhere you're not familiar with. 
It came out in 1987 on the Amstrad CPC, and ooh, I, I've got managed to find a little bit of footage of it. We can put that on the screen. Oh Jesus, that looks way worse than I remember. Okay, yeah. That, so that, <laughs> nostalgia specs are off. Indeed, the they had a hot. You see the heart rates. That's Ripley being eaten by an alien, by the looks of it. You got Ripley, Gorman, Hicks, Bishop, Vasquez, and Burke. And you've got to manage them all simultaneously, and you switch between their screens to see what's going on. Uh, that, yes, that's awful. Wow, yeah. okay. I played it on the Spectrum, which was similar, but no colour. So it was even more of a sort of drab and frightening experience. Yeah, I mean, it was scary, I will give them that. If they were looking for a horror experience, they did manage to accomplish that, just not quite in the way that they thought they should, I think. Is That's not a good game. But yes, you can pick up your copy of Terrible Old Games you've probably never heard of over on Amazon or wherever the hell you would like, frankly. There you go. Amazon's good, or you can get a upgraded, shinier copy from unbound.co.uk. Yes, you were telling me about this shiny copy. My, my copy is a little shiny, yeah, shiny but copy. only in certain light. Apparently you have a copy over there. Yeah, what's the shiny version? Mm. Ooh, look at that. Ooh. That's foil. That's, that's a rare Pokemon, that is. Oh, that's just wrapped. That's not even... <laughs> hang on, hang on. plastic. Oh, I don't know. People doubting your book. Oh, God, he was right. No, he wasn't. There you go, see? That's jacket on this one, look. Oh. You've now immediately ruined the value of it by opening yeah. it, but... Ooh. Oh, now he's increased the value because he licked it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. You can sell that. that doesn't normally increase the value of things. It usually has kind of the opposite effect. If you get a few more subscribers, it will, trust me. Hmm. What is the lick limit? At what level um, of subscribers... Does it stop taking away value and start adding it when you lick something? Well, I definitely you need, you need your gold button first. I'm pretty sure of that. Once you've got your gold button, I think probably... Uh, mine's still in the post, you see. Ah, mm. well, you need to wait for that to arrive. Once that arrives, once you have that level of recognition, then that's when it happens. You have to selfie with it first. Mm -hmm. Yes. Start licking things and then link, like, eBay accounts for the things you licked. Gotcha. So it's yes. selfie, eBay account, lick, sell. Yes, in that order. Strictly uh, that order. I, I would say lick first. You never know when you're going to lose the ability to lick things. You could lose your tongue tomorrow, man. That's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah I like you that. That's know. planning ahead. Yep. The internet will always be here, and so will eBay, but your tongue could be gone tomorrow. That sounds like a very specific and slightly worrying threat. Mm. How many licks does it take to get to the center of your self-esteem? I just love tongues. <laughs> I mean, okay. Can't get enough of them. Got hooked on them in Nam. Oh. <laughs> oh my God! Welcome to Corruptional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Let's attempt to do just that. For the first two hours of the show, we usually talk about the games we've been playing this week. After that, we'll talk about the news, wrap up the releases, and there will be shameless plugging for our projects and channels the last five minutes of the show. Also, in the middle of the show, there is going to be a advertising spot for Audible, who is currently doing a trial sponsorship with us. So for, the, for a few minutes, we're going to try and sell you audiobooks, and we'll tell you the audiobooks that we have been listening to and why you should listen to them. But mm, in the yes, meantime, we're though... Gonna get you then. We're going to get you, Sam. Yep. You don't need to read. Audible will read for you. That's the wonderful <laughs> thing. <laughs> Even if you're as dumb and illiterate as Sam Strippen, Audible I'm is for you. I'm the demographic. Why? <laughs> Congratulations. You are now the target audience. I don't necessarily think Audible would be happy. It's like, are you an illiterate idiot? Audible.com slash cynical. <laughs> there we go. But I'm going to say that anyway. Because mm -hmm. to be honest, like, if you can't stand the heat, you should not be in our sponsorship kitchen, as Squarespace certainly knows. All right. 
let us talk about the games we've been playing this week. Our special guest, Ashes, why don't you kick us off? I'm sure you play things that are not awful sometimes. Let, let me uh, let me hear a few of them. I try. Uh, I just completely beat the Bloodborne DLC at last, uh, ah. getting ready and excited for Dark Souls 3. This is my Dark Souls 3 clapping. Oh, really? That's, that's how it goes. Like a okay. seal. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love me some souls. Um, I'm slightly addicted to Star Realms on the iPad, which is a card game. Yes, it is. I love that thing. I've what got the physical edition as well. That's an yes, absolutely fantastic game. Uh, love it's playing so that. I think there's a Steam version, isn't there? There is. Just got greenlit. It's yeah. out uh, as of a couple of days ago. It's good, too. They also released ah. their first expansion, yeah. I think. With yeah, oh, yes, there's several now. They're Crises and uh, Gambits and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Just one-on-one -on -one card game. No... Um, you know, buying cards or any of that gubbins, you all start on an equal footing. Just sort of card game I love. I sit there on trains playing it for ages. Yeah, it's I a deck builder. Well. And, which is good, because it's not like a CCG. Those who think, oh, it's like Hearthstone, i got to buy cards. Nope. Yeah. All of the cards are already there. The point is that you start off with a, a 10 card deck, which is awful and you attempt to expand that deck by using your current deck to as currency to buy other cards from the board and then you play those and you uh, reshuffle every time uh, you run out of cards and you basically build your deck up from nothing into something good and of course the other players trying to do the same and try to build a deck that counts as your deck it's like dominion only it has actual theme which yes is sort an of spaceships and that's it, actually. It's entirely spaceship-based. And Star space stations. Them. There's that, too. That's but... true, yes. Space stations and weird alien worlds. Indeed, yes. You can excellent. take control of worlds. It's, uh, it has four factions, one of which is literally called the Blob. Mom. Yes, uh, the Blob is great mm. because if you collect multiple Blob cards, they tend to synergize together. So if you have more than one, they do nasty extra damage and swarm. It's... It's actually a very, very good game. It's available on Steam with a cross-play, actually. I think you can play on Android as well as your iOS device uh, with the same account, Ooh. which is quite that. neat. Yeah. No, cannot recommend that enough for a time killer. Nice short game as well. You don't have to, like, invest half an hour. It's only sort of 10 minutes and yep. you're away. Yep, I uh, played just... against the missus in the physical version, and she destroys me at it, actually, frequently. <laughs> She's really quite good at it. I want to hear more about this Bloodborne, though, because you, you said you'd beat the DLC uh, strip, and I think you also played quite a lot of that. It's my game of the year, the DLC. Yeah, I would tend to agree. My God, it's not that easy. No. Hello, I'm a man who does understatements. But, um, yeah, incredible fun and amazing soundtrack. Uh, Ludwig the Holy Blade being one of my favourite game themes ever now. I think. Yeah, the soundtrack's incredible. But that bloody orphan of cause at the end. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's the same response everybody makes. Oh, it's unbelievable. If you haven't seen it in the game, imagine like an old man who's also a baby. Bear with me. Oh, it has a giant ossified placenta in its hand. And it, looks it just like bubblegum. Yes, literally so. And sometimes we'll pull bubbles off it and attack you with it. Which is even weirder now I've said it out loud. And yeah, it just screeches horrifyingly and attempts to tear you apart at horrifying speed. And it's, and the AI is, and it's incredibly aggressive and it's the hardest yeah. fight in Bloodborne. So you have to spend yeah. like eight hours fighting a screaming man baby <laughs> who throws bubbles at you. <laughs> it's exactly like it being destroys in Glasgow. destroys you in every way, breaks you hey. down. It was astonishing. It's one of those games where the more aggressive an enemy is, the harder it is to kill them. And it's so aggressive, it's frightening. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I did that. I even got all the 
God, what do they call them? Place and little trophy things, which I don't normally worry about. But I wanted to do it and be complete with it because I like the game. That was very good. Uh, played Super Hot. Yes, um, yes. I think we've all had a chance long. to play that one. It does not. No, you can definitely beat the campaign in about two hours, I would say. Uh, maybe even quicker than that. But the real yep. meat of the game, of course, is when all of the challenges unlock after that. Mm, yep, I've only just sort of uh, scratched the surface of that, but I'm still enjoying it. Nice game mechanic, and that has been said a million times. And Wait, I'm just what, started... was what did it say? The most innovative shooter of something, something that it actually tells it, you to yeah. say in the game. <laughs> the yes. game actually tries to get you to tell people that. Yeah, it's definitely very sneaky like that. Um, I, I think there's one thing that Superhot really desperately needs right now, which is a level editor. Oh, yes. That... I'd like to see a yeah. level editor and third-person replays. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. I, I was a little disappointed at the way they did the replays in that game. I thought, these replays are going to be incredible. That's the exact thing this game needs. Watch it back in real time. The problem is that because it uses exactly the same animations as it does in slow motion, those animations don't look quite as good in real time, I noticed. Mm. Which, yep, it's I it's not a huge problem, <laughs> but it's it would be nice if they were able to improve that for the playback. Because it is very fun It's such a it. fun thing with multiplayer with that game. How would you do this game in yeah, multiplayer? How would you, even do you would that? have like two teams, and then they would get like a second each to act, and then like it would freeze, and then the other team would get like what? Mm, that sounds more like Frozen Synapse or something. I was going to say that's the exact game you'd I was going to point five out. Frames, there. then they'd get five frames, kind of thing. That sounds actually crazy. terrible, but <laughs> I don't know if I'd really enjoy that. Uh, but I mean, if you do want a game like that, yeah, super uh, not super hot. Sorry, um, Frozen Synapse is exactly that game. And it's kind of wonderful. It's basically Rainbow Six mixed with Super Hot. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Huh. And um, by Rainbow Six, I mean the old school Rainbow Six, not not the not the new one. Although the new one is pretty good, nonetheless. It's just not the same game. So uh, yeah, it's it's cool. We've had a, actually a lot of good games come out this year already. I noticed. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. I've just started Shadowrun Hong Kong, which has had a very mm. strong start. Yeah, um, that's good. I'm not that far into it to sort of judges yet. But I really like the first two they did, so. Like yeah. a turn-based strategy. Yeah, definitely. The The first one was a little... It seemed a little underdone, but it was still good. And then when they brought out uh, Dragon Dragonfall, I believe it was his name, that was like, okay, this is the game it should have been in the first place. This is exactly what I was yeah. looking for. We got the real, really stylized cyberpunk. I love the aesthetic of that game. It's neon all over. Mmm, yeah. And the combat's good. You know, yeah. tactical. I like it. And the, the dialogue system is really awesome because, you know, you go in and there's an orc over there, but he's wearing, like, a VR headset. And he's like, hi, welcome to my club. I'm like, this is great. I want to be in your club right now. <laughs> uh, very strong writing, good characters. Um, just really good all round, really. Feels like the sort of way we thought games would go in 1984. Um, yeah. Because we had limited imaginations. But, yeah, really enjoying it. It's, a, it's definitely a throwback in terms of its design, but it feels like it's been brought up to date. There aren't all that many games being made with the old school kind of Black Isle or you know, esque style of doing things. But the ones that have come out recently, mostly thanks to Kickstarter, have actually all been good. You know, Pillars, Wasteland 2, those are good. Uh, Shadowrun, great. Uh, there's, I think there's, oh yeah, we still got um, Tides of Numenera on the way coming soon, I believe. I think that's in beta right now. Yep. It's a new uh, Planescape game. Oh. Or I, guess it would, 
I guess it will be called Torment, actually, not Planescape. But yeah, it's the new Torment game. So it's same guys, same writers. They they raised a bunch of money to do it, and I I have a God, high hopes. Totally passed me by somehow. Yeah, it's been flying a bit under the radar. I think probably because it just they haven't released a, a huge amount of assets for it yet, whereas they were showing a lot of Pillars of Eternity off. But yeah. this is their next game, and I am quite excited. I will never have the time to beat it, but <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with that. With the sprawling RPGs, isn't it? I never beat them. I never have the time. You know, unless it's like a Mass Effect game, and really those are only about twenty hours long anyway. I can handle that. But uh, as soon as one comes along and says we have a hundred hours of gameplay, it's like, well, I don't have a hundred hours of gameplay, so can't really do much about that. But I am happy that it exists. It's always good. Yep. I agree with this principle. Yep. And that's it for me on games, I think. All right. Fair enough. That's a good That's a good selection. If you're going to spend your time on them, that is a good set of games to play. There's nothing worse than when you don't have much time picking something shit and playing it. Yes, indeed. Um, as, as Jesse found out because he's now turned against our Lord and Savior Clash Royale, it turns out... <laughs> Sinner. Sinner. Heretic. <laughs> Sure. Cast them out. No problem. I'm doing great, guys. It's good on the other side. Come join me. Nope. <laughs> Twin Jings tease over here. It's great. <laughs> I was close to joining you, but then I'm back up to like 1400 now. Yep. So. He's been playing it for the last 20 minutes. Like I dropped 300 rating this morning, and I was on full tilt, and I was like pulling my hair out and just furiously playing again, trying to like pull those points back. And then TB had to lecture me, and I I finally. Well, that's uh, admittedly that's one of the good things about the game is even if you go on a massive losing streak, you can get those points back instantly. It's not that hard to get them back. Shame. So, you just have to get over the fact that you lost a bunch. Shame. <laughs> well, that might be the greatest thing ever. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's it is not hard to get it back. The, the weird thing about it is, and we confirmed with the devs that it is trophies only for matchmaking. Although the problem that you mentioned is still a real thing that if at, at some point some people might have low trophies but high level cards and usually it doesn't take them long to get out of that area because they're going to be wrecking you but if you run into them it sucks to run into them. Yeah. But you do get those levels back and the weird thing about it is the way that the game is balanced it, it means that you're going to eventually find the area that your cards are suited to and you're going to be kind of stuck there, but eventually you're going to slowly move up because by acquiring cards, you are upgrading cards and you become more powerful. So the pay-to-win aspect that is there is a very temporary thing. And if you pay to win, you end up in a higher bracket, sure, but you end up in a higher bracket against other people who are also in a higher bracket and also have that level of cards. Or worse still, have that level of cards and are better than you because they didn't pay to win like bastards. So then they just <laughs> slap you about. And I'm okay with that. I actually hit 2.7k trophies today and it's getting really crazy. It's disgusting. It's it's insane. I mean, I've got I've had a 350 wins so far, I think. Um, and I'm just like... They just nerfed a bunch of stuff in that game. And what's weird is that it, I thought, okay, they've nerfed this stuff, now people aren't going to use it. No. What they, they nerf? Uh, Tesla, Prince, Crossbow, uh, a few other things. And then they buffed uh, Royal Giants, Regular Giants, and a few other things. And I thought, you know what? They're not going to use these things anymore. No, actually, now more people are using Prince. You want to know why? Because we don't tech against it anymore. Because we didn't think it was going to be in their deck. So they put Prince in there because they know I wasn't going to counter Prince. 
So, yeah, screw that meta. <laughs> now I've got to put stuff back in my deck again that deals with Prince. Great game. Great game. Yeah, I love awesome it. Game. I play it every day. Play it every day. It's good. I play it while pooping. Yeah, it's an ideal toilet game. It, mm. it lasts just long enough. Yeah. You know? And if you're having a bad day, two games. <laughs> if you had too much fiber, three. Yeah. Three, three. Three games. Eat, eat all that kale. Well, actually, if you had too little fiber, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. That's how constipation works, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. So. Shame. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Is that a medical thing now? The doctor will say to you, so Clash Royale, how many games? Yeah, how many? It's like... Four, four. I'm afraid, Doctor. Oh, oh okay. I'm, I'm going to prescribe you some... I'm prescribe you some X-Lax and... <laughs> <laughs> make sure you eat plenty of asparagus and talk to me in a week, you know? Oh, my. Yeah, so, so yeah, Clash Royale going, still going pretty well. For most of us, anyway. Most of us. Jesse, what else have you been playing this week then? Now you've... Oh, well, I was about to say, I literally am down to no games on my phone. I've removed everything okay. so I can focus on, like, work stuff rather than sitting on a toilet for 25 minutes. Just want to point class. out his job is literally video games. Yeah, no, no, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. I've removed the only thing I have on my phone. Literally, the only thing that isn't, like, apps for work is this, is this little baby right here. I love you. Oh, BB-8. And that's it. That's all I have. Can you explain I've, how BB-8 helps you do your day-to-day? -day? It doesn't, but I turn him on and let him go on auto, and he walks around or rolls around my apartment and goes boop, boop, and hits walls and stuff. And I'm like, I love you, BB. And that's literally it. He does nothing to help. So <laughs> Useless. that's all that matters to me. Useless. Wait, you don't have to pay it? So <clears throat> yeah, that? No, um, I, this week, played a ludicrous amount of Master of Orion. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it is solidly okay. There's a lot they need to work on, yes. but... I played that thing like I must have gone through maybe eight camp, like eight full campaigns. Solidly played okay. So played much. about eighty hours of it. It's like yeah. Uh, yeah so it's... the quizzical look on Ashen's face is because that is an old school game, but this is the remake yeah, of it. I was going to say I wasn't aware they were remaking. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, and surprisingly, uh, it's not awful. Uh, yeah, it's in early graphics, access right now. All the... All the voice actors are like famous sci-fi mm, actors. And they're good. They're really good. You've got um, Q is in there. Basically half of them are from Star Trek. in there. Yeah. Oh. Which now is I'm lovely. trying to think of Q's actor's name. John, John Delancey. John Delancey. Yeah. 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 He's the human. He's like, I'm the human president. It's great. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, oh, it's a so, solid. just for that. It's actually there's, great. There's a Klingon space bear. I'll tell you that, or space yep. space hippopotamus or something. The uh, the was it the Bullrathi? I think have a very Russian accent, and I'm pretty sure that might be General Martok. I can't be certain. They they made a video, and when you see the video, you realize like, holy shit! Like Mark Hamill's in this thing. Like all these amazing voice actors in this game. You're like, they went all out for this, which makes that part of the game awesome. When you like yes. talk to different people and the community, that's cool. I think the tech tree and the skilling up and all that stuff is really fun. It's kind yep. of what I like is just sitting there and making my my civilization way more advanced than everyone else. So by the time we finally meet, I'm like, hello. Um, but the combat is so lacking in every way right now. It is – I just put it on like, hey, go. I just auto it every time because there's no reason to do it. I I disagree to some extent. I think it has potential that – the problem with Master Orion with combat has been every single game has had some issue with combat. Master Orion 2 being the one that people regard as the best, 
was good for a while and it was turn-based on a grid. The problem is that towards the end of the game, when you had ludicrous numbers of ships, the combat took forever and you could only move one ship at a time. Master of Orion 3 solved this problem by going real-time, except in doing so, they literally removed every element of strategy from it. So it was like, it was literally watching blips fight other blips. It was shitty. This time around, they said, okay, we still want to go real-time, but we want to make it more tactical. So you can individually move ships, you can individually maneuver them, they have arcs of fire, and they have activatable abilities, and all that kind of thing. Problem in my eyes, and we'll see if Jesse agrees with this, is the combat's over too fucking fast, and there's no point in being tactical because it's literally just smash the fleets together and see who wins. That's a really great example of that is if TB had a fleet and he attacked one of my home planets, if I have a some defense structures around my planets, before my ships even get to his, they'll already be firing on his ships. They, like, they might be dead before I can even do anything. Like, it's it's so quick. The combat's so quick that rather than go through the process of setting up everything, I just auto-resolve. Because yeah. it's like, all right, well, I'm going to win so easily. Okay, keep going. Auto-resolve. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like it's unnecessary at certain points of the game. You're just like, why am I fighting you when pirates attack me for the first 100 turns? Why? Why show those fights? Because they always lose. I've never lost to a pirate once, even at the hardest difficulties. I'm like, why are they here? They're I the lost worst. once. They, they caught me off guard with an upgrade at one point, because like, I can kill pirates easy. I'll just send my, like, my worst destroyer. It's just like, this is the destroyer that has holes in it. This destroyer was should have been mothballed 20 years ago. This destroyer, it doesn't even have a crew. It's got interns. <laughs> it's like nothing but that. It fires marshmallows at most. And I thought, you know what? This has been doing fine. And then it just got blown to pieces. And then one of my uh, uh, planets got nuclear bombs dropped on it because I didn't properly defend it. The, the thing about the combat is that I think that if your game, if you auto-resolve too much in a 4X game, then you fail to develop a compelling combat engine. And yeah, have it as an exam, have it as a, an option, sure. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't really care about the combat in a 4X game. They're more concerned about the management and the empire building and the economics and all that kind of thing, which is great. But I like fighting because I like fighting with things that I built. And in that game, you can build ships and I can design ships and I want to see my ships fight. But you are right. The way that they can fix it, I think, is by just tripling the HP of everything. Just making mm -hmm. everything tougher. Because the longer the fights last, the more maneuvering matters. Because there's things like asteroids, you can... If someone fires torpedoes at you, you can maneuver behind an asteroid field and the torpedoes will detonate in the asteroid field. You know, if you figured out, oh god, this ship has a really great broadside, you can figure out a way to get behind it, and then you can fight from there. And if it's a slow, got a slow turning speed, that's where it's cool. But, because the fights are over so quickly, you can't do any of that. So if they fix that, it'll be pretty good, I think. I'm kind of tempted to try that now, but I think it's one of those things I'll get sucked into and never do any work ever that was again. Me. That was me this week. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah, of like, a reflex uh, moment where he's deleted all of his games off his phone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. I had a lot of fun playing it, but it's one of those things where it, it just hit me this week. That's a game that I was, I was just got into it. I don't know why. Looking at it objectively, it's just okay. It's not terrific, but for some reason I sat there and played it for hours and just kept playing it. So it's the one more it, turn syndrome, man. It's happened yeah. for yeah. decades now. Sid Meier is a time vampire. He's been so. That's why he's, he's never going to die. That guy's going to live forever because <laughs> he's been slowly sucking the life force out of his millions of players over the last two decades. 
And Master of Orion is like that. What I will say is it is still early access. There's still a lot of shit to be done. Like, it doesn't even have a spying system in yet. And there's a, the half the races aren't in. The races are not very diverse as of yet. Like, you can right. play the bird person or the giant cat, but they're so similar to each other outside of the aesthetic that it doesn't matter. So they need to fix that because that's a big deal. But I, it's got potential. Like, I wouldn't buy it now because there's no benefit to buying it now. Buy it when it's done. You know, because then you'll enjoy the whole thing. The problem I've had, I've played 20 hours of it and I'm like, oh, well, am I going to enjoy this less now when it comes out? Probably. Mm. Yeah. That's a big problem I have with early access stuff in general. If it's something I'm really keen on, I don't really want to play a beta because I'm going to be sick of it by the time the you know full version comes out. Yeah, I've avoided almost all of them with the exception of Darkest Dungeon. I, I could not quite avoid that in the early access because it was that damn good. But I will say, even though I enjoyed it on launch, the fact that I played it in early access reduced the amount of time that I wanted to play it on launch. I think early access is a, a self-sabotaging move in many ways. But yeah. as a business standpoint, hell, if you can sell a million copies of your alpha before you even have anything in it, good on you. Good for you. Right? Yeah, can't argue with that. Yep. It's, uh, it's money. And in today's indie market, that is not a guarantee. Not in the slightest. But it looks like Master of Orion hopefully is going to be good. I would just recommend waiting for it to release, personally. Anything else you've been playing this week, Jesse? Uh, I finished up. So I finished up Oxenfree, mm. and that game is awesome. But only when you beat it do you realize what the devs have created, which is essentially a real life augmented or alternate reality game that is bonkers like just bonkers so the game is based off radio waves and contacting the dead like that's the premise of the game so you're a bunch of kids on an island and it's sort of like a semi-horror game but not really like super scary it's more of a mystery and you are basically determining the fate of these kids on this island but the premise relies on the fact that you have a radio and the radio can tune into frequencies that can detect anything from Morse code to the ghost channels to like weird radio broadcasts, all sorts of cool things. But Should I be putting a spoiler warning up for this, by the way? Sure, sure. All right. Spoiler warning is um, now up. So when you beat the game, you discover that this is one of those games where you can have multiple endings, but there's a deeper layer to the game where when you uncover all of the, um, uh, uh, what the hell are those damn things? All of the, uh, Morse code, when you get all the Morse code, right, all the Morse code leads you to a secret ARG. And it is so freaking awesome. I can't even begin to tell you. It's basically an ARG that is a real world, like, it's going to lead you to, first it leads you to a phone number. Oh my god, great, that's fine. <laughs> Hi everybody. So no one can hear me right now, and I want you to know that... All three of these gentlemen have the tiniest wieners. I, I can fucking hear you, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? None of us have played it yet. Come on. Oh, you did such a good that. job of intriguing yeah, me with the premise. I thought I've got else. to play this now. Anyway, so the uh, keep, ARG keep keep it keep it as as hang on keep I'm it not as spoil the game. All right, just, keep it as. Game general as possible. Yeah. yeah. So the ARG aspects of the game is that essentially you are going to this 
uh, it gives you Morse code. He's keeping it general. He's keeping to, it vague. Yeah. So the ARG, the Morse code takes you to a phone number. Or, 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 like all these things in the game take you to a phone number. You call the phone number. The phone number gives you another clue. That clue gives you another clue and just leads you down this path to the point where you end up on a Twitter account that is only giving out like tweets at 9 p.m. and 4 a.m. that have locations. And so there's a huge Google Doc with all these people involved and everyone is coming up with crazy theories about what this is and they've pinpointed it to somewhere in Washington State, like near Seattle, and no one knows what's going to be there. No one knows what's going to happen. I tweeted it out and the, the Twitter account was like, in the next couple of days, something crazy is going to happen. I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. I'm, I'm in. I'm super in. Like it's, I, I can't spoil it. I will say play the game. And when you play the game and beat it, you too will be like, I need to know what the answer is to this ARG. Like it's so, I'm in. I'm, it's got me. It hooked me. I'm in. I get, like, it's, it's such a, the game's great. But the concept that they've created when you beat the game, you're like, oh my god. Mm. So I'm I'm 100% into this thing. Okay, so I want to play it now, if not yeah. sooner. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. so play it's only it like a four hour game. Just don't it's listen to anything at all that Jesse has to say on the subject. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's so hard to even talk about. Like it's so good. Oh my god. Yeah. There's people have teamed up all over the world to solve this thing, and I can't wait. I can't wait to find out what the answer is. It's interesting because there are occasionally games every now and again that create this weird zeitgeist, usually around the fact that they're deliberately obfuscating facts or whatever. I'm going to turn the spoiler warning off now. Like uh, Peter Molyneux's fucking shitty cube game. Oh, that was gosh. the worst example of that. Like that, it's a really bad example because that was all that was all artificially created mystery of, and it ended up being a box of bullshit, which is not what anyone really wanted. There are games that have done it well. Like one of them is um, Fez, for instance. When Fez first came out, there was a bunch of weird shit in the game that people didn't understand. And they were trying to work together to figure out these aspects of the world and more stuff was being figured out. And I think he, he kind of patched the game to add more stuff in to create this weird mythos around it. And that drove this amazing amount of discussion about the game online. And that made the game a very interesting zeitgeist at the time where everybody was even if they weren't playing the game they were like what's going on what what is this this is unusual why i, I want to know what's happening here and every now and again a game like that will come along and do it and oxen is one of them which is awesome can you think of any other examples of games that have had that arg kind of alternate reality game element to I, it that i can't think playing? of any games I, I secret world did i know secret world had yes, a lot of that. it did that that was the best aspect of secret world incidentally it's yeah not, that was unfortunate that, that game i mean it's still going actually that's not it's not dead it's just that game didn't do as well as people hoped it was an old disc-based game that was uh in the early days of the internet that was sort of arg based i cannot remember the name of it it's like a murder mystery thing Hmm. I do know what you're talking about. Oh my god. Yes, I don't Hang know what on. that's called, though. I've got a box behind me, I think. Let's Go, have a look. Go find it. I absolutely remember that, because I remember every one of my friends, this was like mid-90s, every one of my friends was into this. We totally didn't get it, because it was way over our heads, but at the time, we were just like, oh, can you, like, that's so cool, and this, oh, yeah, no, um, I don't know too many video games that had no, ARG, but I know a lot of, I know Lost, Every season, in between seasons, they had an ARG, which I was, since I loved Lost, I was in. I was in that every time they had something new. 
Um, and uh, really, the... Lost needed it too because that's the kind of thing that drove its popularity between seasons because people got desperate to watch the next one and they really got into the whole mythos of Lost. And then, of course, mm-hmm. at the end, it's like, that was it? Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. The ARG actually, at the end, helped make the anger people had more intense because they they hyped up all this mythos and gave you nothing nothing um i think uh, the dark knight all the joker websites and all the joker reveals were an arg that was really good uh did anybody play the nokia game back in the day no what was that that's probably a european only thing but um it was something to do with you know nokia phones back when they existed and you sort of played it through sms's and you had to wait for certain television adverts to come on interesting uk only and that thing and i remember i sort of went along with it then forgot about it for a day and you got this phone call from a creepy child saying oh you've been watching can you help me and i'd totally forgotten about the game and it scared the fucking shit out of me um <laughs> until it's sort of um oh right that's what it is <laughs> calls from ghosts again um that, yeah that was a weird thing and it all built up to playing a really crappy web game where you had to snowboard down a hill or something and oh my god i remember that game i remember yeah. that game i'm looking this up i didn't do any shit before it though yep yeah. And you literally had one go, and you're like, well, how did the controls were? Oh, I've lost. Thanks. Yeah. For three weeks, I've been watching your NAF adverts. And... <sighs> I, I can't find any footage of any of this stuff, unfortunately. I think it was a very long time ago. But uh, Were you talking about the game Majestic? That may have been it. Yeah. Majestic, July 31st, 2001, was an ARG uh, developed by Electronic Arts. Wow. Okay. Ooh. And it was a retail copies of the game included a CD-ROM and a copy of Internet Explorer and AIM and bonus music tracks that were MP3s, all of which were used in the Majestic 12 Shadow Conspiracy Theory game that used phone, email, AOL, Instant Messenger, BlackBerry messages, fax, and visiting special websites to help solve and beat the game. That had I found the trailer money. for it, guys. Um, I'm playing it right now. It is super, super old. <laughs> I have no idea what year that would have been. The, the majestic one is familiar. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a fax machine. Okay. This footage is incredible. This footage is the most law and order thing I've ever seen. Law and order crossed with a really bad X Files ripoff, by the looks of it. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that does uh, ring a bell. That's. Huh. There's also a game called Treasure Quest. That was, if you could work together and figure out the clues, you had a chance of winning a dead professor's million-dollar estate, was the premise of that game. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's basically what Ready Player One was based on, wasn't it? And also, uh, like, there was... It, I don't think it was Adventure, but it was a really, really old-school Atari 2600 game, I think, that had, if you found the secret, you could send in uh, something and you would get you could get a real prize. I think they actually gave away... Like a real golden sword and some other stuff wow. like that. There's an ARG in the game I played this week. It's like an indie game. Really? What was that? What was it? It was just like a link to a web URL, but apparently there's a whole bunch of other indie games that also have links in their games, and you have to like play them all and then like figure out the ARG. But I just like found the first one, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's part of an ARG," and I was like, "All right, cool," and just kept playing. <laughs> Well, that kind of defeated the point of the ARG, didn't it? It's like, oh, right, okay. Sword but... Quest was the name of it, uh, of the game that uh, that would actually give you that. There was a prize. I can't remember. It was actual real treasure, if I recall correctly. That's saying oh, there was yeah. a game called Sword Quest? 
sword quest. Yes. Um, Makes sense. There are several one. There were several parts of it. Apparently, it was uh, developed by Dan Hitchens and Todd Fry. Came out in 1982. Uh, they released three versions of it: Earthworld, Fireworld, and Waterworld. Uh, and the, each of them had a contest, and you had to get clues. So in Earthworld, it was uh, let's see, you had to get to clues. They had 5,000 entries. Eight eight people got it right. Stephen Bell, who was 20 and lived in Detroit at the time, apparently took first place and won the Talisman of Penultimate Truth, which was 18 carat solid gold with 12 diamonds and the birthstones of the 12 zodiac signs, valued at twenty five thousand wow. dollars. It also had a small white gold sword attached to it. The uh, second one was Fireworld, where they gave the Chalice of Light, which was a gold, platinum, and diamond and jade chalice, again worth about 25000 And the last one never came out, apparently. Um, there was supposed to be a contest for Waterworld, which was to receive the Crown of Life, which was made of gold with diamonds in it. Apparently, the contest was cancelled at the last minute due to the video game crash of the 80s. Mm. There's a lot of that stuff around in the 80s. There are several sort of spectrum ones. Um, Automata, the company, did uh, Pymania, which was one of these ones where you're the first person to complete the game and send the secret message you get off to the people you win a cash prize. They did it again with something called My Name is Uncle Groucho, You Win a Fat Cigar, which has got to be one of the longest, most pointless titles for a video game. I mean, at least they're and honest about it. Yeah, and you won money. You didn't even win a fat cigar. What well, I mean, you fuck? could use the money to buy the fat I cigar. I know. It's just blatant false advertising. And there was something called Hair Razor that is immensely complicated, and I'm still looking into, where um, some people cheated and won a well, sort of semi-ARG puzzle book thing called Masquerade, where you could win, like, this golden hair, um, literally a sort of golden statue. Okay. They won it um, by cheating, because they were naughty, and then formed a company around it and then sold video games. Uh, you've, you had to buy two, Hair Razor Prelude and Hair Razor Finale, I think, and both of them were far more expensive than the other game at the time. They weren't even games. It was just, like, this total confusing puzzle that nobody to this day has any idea how to solve and may not actually be solvable just because they wanted to keep the hair they still went bust thieving git the, 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 i mean the, anyone that's read ready player one is recognizing exactly where these plot threads came from now aren't they because that that's definitely that was one of the inspirations of it. i know sword quest was too adventure and a bunch of other games from the 80s the whole idea of this big contest was what that book was based on so that's the thing coming soon isn't it there is i'm looking forward to it and it's a great time in fact to tell you about our sponsor this week audible.com slash cynical who among other things also have ready player one as read by will wheaton if you're into that sort of thing i've read that book i enjoyed that a great deal and we have an offer for you you can actually pick up a 30-day free trial of audible right here at audible.com slash cynical and we're going to show you a few of the books that we like on Audible. Do it, yo. Uh, this is my, my list. Favorite book. I'll show you your yeah your favorite book, Dodger, is this one right here. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is your oh, favorite Jesus book. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's my favorite. I love it. That, great endorsement. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, that's Dodger's favorite book, by the way. Apparently stripping. Hey, that's me. Doesn't know. You're not Dodger. This, no, however, she actually picked that as her favorite book. She did. She we asked we were asked to send in screenshots of our favorite audiobook, and she picked that one. 
Alright, we're we're having words. Dodger is a literal child. That's that is clear. However, we have a someone child that... who thinks all British people know magic is also <laughs> the thing. Which is she was really fucking disappointed when she, you know, when she learned that all British people didn't know like, magic. By the way, I don't know magic. Oh, okay. I was going to say we have a more mature list here from uh, Jesse, but that's not at all true because they're all Star Wars books. Yes, yep. when you when you host a Star Wars podcast that talks about the books, this is the best, the single best thing you can own is Audible and get all those books. I still have to read Tarkin, but read great. Star Wars books are legit like radio plays. Sound effects, the music, all of it's in there. It's great. It's great. You should definitely, if you want to know what's going on and you can't wait for December, jump in on that, yo. Wait, so when you told me to read Aftermath, I can actually just audible Aftermath. I yes. told you to, to get the audible version because the book version is written in present tense. Actually, you told me to watch your podcast on it. No. <laughs> That's true. I'm not going to not shill to you. Sell out, boys. Yeah, yeah, but if you don't want to listen to guys sit around and talk about the new discoveries we made, by the way, did you know this is true? Thing oh, that we God. Learned, the music, the music in Star Wars that Max Rebo plays is called Jizz. Okay. Well, That's an interesting That's fact. not a joke. It's, it's a true thing because apparently before that became a derogatory term, they thought that's, we'll call it jazz, but we'll just change the letter. To Jizz. To Jizz. Perfect. Totally true. Totally true. I don't think it's Max Rebo. I think it's the guys in the cantina in, in episode four. Whatever the case may be. What if, what if Jizz came about because the music was so good and people just started <laughs> jacking it? I like uh, to think it's Star Wars. And they were like, what are you doing? And yeah. when the, they get caught, I'm like jacking it with the music on. And he was like, I'm jizzing. <laughs> I'm jizzing right now. Well, any chance we had of renewing this sponsorship is now right out of the window. But hey, never mind. <laughs> yes. Look. Go and Look. go and listen to these books, definitely on audible.com slash cynical because we're just, never getting this again. You are you are literally I'm just gonna say this. You're literally a dummy if you have a car and you aren't just driving around listening to books in your car. Yeah, it is, it's the best time to do it. It's such a good time to do it. And more importantly, you can get through especially if you live in a crowded ass city, or if you take the the subway or a bus, turn off the tunes. Get a book. There's thousands of books there. Millions There's actually 180,000 books available on Audible. All 12 read by million books are on there. Yep. No, 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 there aren't. That's all false advertising. Them, no. All of them are not just Star Wars or Harry Potter. There's actually, like, even the classics are on there. So if There are at least three it, books on there that are not Star Wars or Harry Potter. That I can confirm. Yes, it's true. If, if someone says to you, have you ever read Jane Eyre? First off, say no, because that's an awful book. But then say, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and go, listen to it on Audible, because... You know, any Jane Eyre books, throw it in a lake. Just get rid of it. Listen to it on Audible. It'll go by much faster. Uh, books that celebrities write, right? Like all of their com the comedy books and stuff are literally read by those comedians on Audible. It's legit. You're a dummy if you don't get it. And that's all I have to say to you. It's been – I subscribe to like the one free book a month thing. I'm doing I it, get yo. Yeah. It's so bought the rights to jizz. Great. That's, that's wonderful information. Uh, I'll show you my list of books, I guess. There we go. Just a quick quick gander at that. There's some of them. I haven't listened to all of them yet. Of this, I would absolutely recommend Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and the late, great Terry Pratchett, which is absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't read that or listened to that, 
And what I will say is that pretty much all of the Discworld books that are available on Audible are fantastic. They're all very well narrated by a old British man, which is exactly what you want to hear. If you have no idea how to start with Discworld, I would recommend Mort. That's usually the best way for most people to get into the series. You don't have to read them in order. In fact, it's recommended that you don't. But Mort is a really good stepping point. You don't have to know much about the universe to understand that. Uh, other ones on here that I'm currently listening to, uh, Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits by David Wong is very fun. It is about a woman in the future who learns that she's come into an inheritance from her estranged father. She doesn't exactly know what it is, but for some reason there are people in fancy suits trying to kill her, so she is trying her best not to get shot in the future, which is awesome. And I like that a lot. There's plenty of good stuff. I'm also trying to listen to Off to See the w Off to Be the Wizard, actually, by Scott Meyer. You can see right there, who is... Uh, it's a book about a man who gets to be part of a video game, and apparently it's not as cool as he thinks. He's trapped uh, wait, in a we're video game recommendations? world. Recommendations? Hold on. I just, no, wait, just you just given the recommendations. I told you to recommend no, Star Wars. I want to give a... Okay, go, one more. You get one more. On Audible, go get uh, Lords of the Sith. It's Imagine... A book where Darth Vader is basically the Terminator, and it is hilarious. That dude, he murders everyone. He flies, he launches himself from a TIE fighter into a ship mid-space and kills everyone on board. He is the Terminator. It is the greatest book you will ever listen to, ever. Because all it is is sound effects. It's like, as he's choking people. As he's oh, killing guys. people. If, so you wanna, if you want to hear three hours of people getting force choked to death, apparently Lords of the Sith is the way it to is go. So legit. I, I will suggest one. Okay. The Poet's Corner. It's uh, okay. poetry for the whole family, voiced by Morgan Freeman and Helen Mirren. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I bet that's so good. I bet that is be like just absolutely dreadful. Poems. Oh, dear God. Yeah, you can pick up a free trial over at audible.com slash cynical. That is audible.com slash cynical. 30-day free trial, and then after that, you basically buy a membership, and you can get any book you want, and you get a credit, or two, or three, or four every month. What is, uh, yeah, what is the monthly sub? It's not that much. Depends how much, depends which sub you get. Uh, some of them are more than others. You can basically get whatever sub you want, or you can buy a la carte, and it's awesome. I listen to this quite a bit. And you can also listen to them on any device. So I listen on my phone, I listen on my iPad, and also on my PC. That's the PC menu. You can deliver it to any device or just download the file or you can just play it over the web player. Audible.com slash cynical. There's our shilling done. Cool. Excellent. We're going to be back after the break. Jump on that bandwagon. Get it, guys. Go do it. We're going to be back after the break with more video game discussion. We're and of course, what I played, man. Yeah, I haven't asked you anything. We've got an hour more of that to go, man. I've got to save the best to last. You can tell you me more about your Pokémon you tournament so well. nonsense. You which really, is... you really played to his vanity. Clutched that out. Yeah, clutched that out, boy. Played to his vanity, real, real nice there. Yeah, yep. you, you hit me in the heartstrings. Thanks to the Audible sponsor, <laughs> we will not be running any ads today. We'll be right back. Enjoy the music, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. The second hour or so of the show, we have more talking to do. Jesse, I found that game. In memoriam. Yeah. If I remember, I got it years and years after it was uh, sort of first came out. Tried to play it, and half the websites were offline. Hmm. That sucks. What does the back of the box say? Give us the spiel. <clears throat> he kills according to a specific ritual, and is inspired by a distant past. To defeat him, you have two assets: your intuition and the internet. 
An investigation game on the edge of reality. Play against a serial killer. Investigate all over Europe from Paris to Istanbul. Attempt to solve the Phoenix's dark games and riddles. Yeah. Use the internet as an investigation tool. Communicate with characters via email and analyze video excerpts, photos, and soundtracks. Hmm. An internet connection is required to play in memoriam in order to access websites to research clues and receive and send email. A low bandwidth is sufficient. A low bandwidth, so probably 33.6k modem back then, most likely. Uh, yeah, it literally says internet connection needed 56.6k modem. Yeah. yeah. You do need a 16-bit sound blaster compatible sound card, though. Oh shit! I'm not my not my blood is not that rich. I'm afraid. 333 megahertz processor and 64 megabytes of RAM. Who could afford that? Not many, I imagine. Unbelievable, Jeff. Jeff. That's a football expression. Don't worry, TV. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. What, what... Don't worry. What's this unbelievable Jeff? Unbelievable nonsense? Jeff. Well, yeah, what does it mean? Unbelievable Jeff. He's a really crap superhero. Lies <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Is that his special power, or is it just a side effect of it? Yes. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh god, was it Cassandra who was uh, had the pr power of future prophecy, but was cursed that nobody would believe her. No one actually believed her. That's a, that's a pretty classic thing, isn't it? The, the whole idea of, I know the future. It's like, we don't believe you. Shit. There's a football commentator called Jeff Stelling. And there was another guy that commentates matches with him. And he would always say, unbelievable Jeff, when something unbelievable happened. And so it coined the phrase, unbelievable Jeff, when something what? is unbelievable. Makes sense. End. What yeah. sort of unbelievable stuff happens during a football match? I mean... We can only imagine. I'd front... like to point out that... I, I can't imagine much going on in a football match. You've got to be honest about that one. Yeah, not not as unbelievable. No. There's a ball! Yeah. It's being kicked! This is incredible. The ball has turned into a goblin. It, now, if the, now, that is unbelievable. Mm. Oh, hello. We have other Ooh, boxes. Hello. Planescape top. These are the only games I have at my house. They're <laughs> <laughs> the only games you need at your house. They're good ones. They're good ones. This is all I got. Homeworld was a good one. It was, although you can now pick up the remastered version, which is pretty damn good, although they did change yeah. some of the mechanics around. You're now completely silent. Oh, no, you're eating. Okay, you're not silent at all. You're just being lazy. <laughs> all right, good. It's carrots. So? <laughs> I didn't want to crunch the carrot in your ear. How, I'm sorry. How does that excuse it? You picked the crunchiest <laughs> food possible and decided to eat it now. Because I, I wanted it. Yeah, you need like soft oatmeal cookies, like me. Oh my god! And some Jaffa you cakes. Son of a bitch. I mean, oh yes. All I've got are these weird Chinese marshmallows. Somebody don't eat that. them. They're a hundred years old. No, they're in dates. They've got fruit jelly filling. Unfortunately, the fr I don't know what fruit it is, but it tastes bloody awful. It's <laughs> some devious fruit I'm not aware of. It's kind of like strawberry or raspberry. Or yeah, it's just kind of maybe a bit orangey. A bit a orangey. Kind of after taste of sort of almonds. Could be poison, cyanide. That taste of almonds, doesn't That's it? true. I mean, as opposed to very orangey, such as these McVitie's digestives with orange. Oh, I did not know they existed. They do, and they're, they're good. I think, I wonder if they make a hobnob variant of this. That might be the best thing ever Ooh. made by mankind, if that were true. Mm. A chocolate hobnob with orange? Yeah, man. 
That's got to exist, right? I'm going to Google it. I bet it does. I'm going to order some. I'm going to order a box of them. Ten boxes of them. Hobnob orange. Got to get them hobnobs, yo. Milk, chocolate, and orange hobnob on a nice cup of tea and a sitdown.com, which is, it's their biscuit of the week for 2006. Oh my God, that's why I'm on. But it was in 2006. They oh, might not exist anymore. These might not exist anymore. <laughs> nice Shit. Cup of tea and a sitdown. I haven't heard of that for years. Nice man. cup of tea and a sitdown.com. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Please tell me I can buy these. There's got to be uh, Hobnob's Biscuits. All right, I'm going to their website. Do they still make them? They make chocolate chip, which is okay. Not brilliant. Vanilla cream, no. Wet. They don't They don't bloody make them, do they? All right, they're... they've got milk chocolate, chocolate chip, dark chocolate, vanilla cream, chocolate cream. It's not good enough. Flapjack and slices. They don't have it. That, that's, that's slices? Bol- yeah, they have slices. They're, basi- they're, they're, they're kind of like, yeah. They're like they're cake slices. Cake slices. Like Hobnob cake slices. Oh, I see. I mean, they'll be all right. Like a weird, vague name. No, they're like Mr. Mr. Kipling style. Slices. They'll be all right, but honestly, where's the orange one? I mean, really, what what's going on with that? It's just, I'm I'm just not impressed. McVillies used to be better than this. Although Hobnob's chocolate creams could be pretty good. Oh yeah, they're all right. Mm. I mean, the the chocolate chip one's good. The original Nobbly one is good. I like I like Hobnobs. I like all that Hobnobs. But the lack of chocolate and orange Hobnob is really disappointing. Not happy with that. Not one little bit. Could you make your own? Yeah, uh, in theory, I could. I'd have to. Mm. So I get regular, just get regular hobnobs, and then make a a chocolate orange sauce, and then dip them in it, and then let them dry in the freezer, right? Maybe peel bits off Jaffa cakes. Doable, doable. You could, you know, demolishing a Jaffa cake is not difficult. You know, it's it's a relatively simple process. You just you break at the side, and then the the top starts to peel off there, and then you can peel the chocolate away, and you can get You've the nice. You've done this before. Mm, mm, no, no. So you can get the um, the smashing orangey bit right out of the middle like that see new youtube series total biscuit totally makes biscuits mm. Mm. and you can oh, have the rad oh, revenue oh, that would actually i'd mm. watch that i'd watch that and you can have the i would watch that him mm. making biscuits uh-huh i can do it I can go. biscuit making biscuits that's it there it is i don't know smash an orange a bit out of the middle i put these in a blender yesterday and I had a milkshake with them, and it was it was pretty great. What is going on in your life? That is amazing. You literally are just like, I have no time to eat all of them one by one. <laughs> I get in it. I need. They're time consuming. I can have them in liquid form. I can have them IV dripped. Like I don't have to do a thing. It's just I'm in a weird stage in my life. This whole pack of biscuits. I'm in a weird place in my life where kale is in everything, and I'm learning how to make Thai food. It's just a bit strange. Do you after you make like the milkshakes and stuff? Do you put them in like one of those hats that has straws to your mouth, just so you can keep playing games? You so have grab found it, you me just out. It down yeah. Yeah. Just like and because it's a milkshake, it's quite thick, so it's just slowly, just slowly trickles in. Yeah, no time for that. Just injected directly into the stomach yeah the way I, I mean h- half of that went in it yesterday and it was like there you go Malteser teasers excellent bit of uh bit of noosa coconut right here best yogurt in the world that it's, oh my god oh it's good it's uh it, it claims to be australian yogurt but it's made in colorado because of course it is <laughs> uh so there's that australia is the like colorado is the australia of america essentially yeah 
really? I imagine so. There is there is basically half a coconut in that yogurt, and it's just it's wonderful. It's just a nice big chunk of coconut. Love it. TV, I thought you were in a kitchen, and then I realized you're in an armory. Yes. Um, uh, my newest addition right here um, to the to the collection is the... Oh, my God. Uh, this is the Tokyo Marie AA-12 automatic <laughs> shotgun. It's, this is, needless to say, not a real gun. I collect airsoft. I don't collect real guns. But the missus decided to get me a gift, which was very kind of her. This is this is maybe the most expensive gun I own now because this is uh, the world's first automatic electric three-shot shotgun. So it fires three BBs at a time at about 1,200 rounds a minute, and it's fully electrically powered, which is lovely, frankly. <laughs> it's just just a fraction away from being a real gun. Yeah, it's mean, yeah. close to hurting someone. <laughs> you could still kill a man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. I mean, look at that. Full polymer construction. It's, it's fucking lovely. It came in a lovely box. It's unbelievably well designed. Mm, I'm going to look forward to this. I'm going to load this, and then I'm going to go shoot in the garden as I do. It's going to be great. <laughs> With a milkshake hat. With a milkshake <laughs> hat and my kale smoothie. It's America. America. <laughs> it's... I mean, to be fair, you can also get these in England because Airsoft is legal in England, as it bloody well should be. Incidentally, the magazine for this is amazing. It's got a fucking sledgehammer written on the side of it. It's It's got a groove, so it it slides in the way it's supposed to. Like, just mm -hmm. smooth. Mmm, yeah, racking it. There we go. So, that that is the Tokyo Marui AA-12, and I'm looking forward to fucking with it. And now I'm going to fix with my uh, fix my microphone here. There we go. I thought he was going to say, like, fucking someone up. I'm looking forward to fucking it. Like, quite literally, I, you know... It's I'm looking just forward to fucking destroying my neighbor. come to des desperate measures. Just yeah. a prank, bro. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. AA-12. There's quite a few games that the AA-12's been in, actually. It's a very fun gun. Uh, games? Mr. Uh, Xbox Ahoy could probably tell you. He has a great series on games that are in video, well, guns that are in video games. And he's mentioned quite a few interesting, interesting ones. Yeah, a Giant Bomb actually has a list of games with the AA-12 automatic shotgun in it. Mm. There's quite a few. They include Infestation Survivor Stories. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ha. Well, I mean... Your it, gun just lost value. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to have to return this now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Spec Ops The Lion had it, Modern Warfare 3 has it, um, Killing Floor has the AA-12, which is the most British fucking game. There is nothing more British than Dosh, grab it while you can, lads, which is Killing Floor in a nutshell. Nation Red, The Club, Dead Frontier, there's been quite a few games with the AA-12. It's a, it's a fun gun. I think it was in um, Max Payne as well, actually, if I recall correctly. Oh, God. The first one? No. I don't know if it was the first one. Uh, let's see, AA-12 Max Payne, and it, uh, yeah, AA-12, I think it was in uh, Max Payne 3, by the looks of it, uh, possibly. I've played the third. <clears throat> oh, I, I actually, no, it wasn't the AA-12, it was the Pancor Jackhammer, which is not a real gun. So, the, the Pancor Jackhammer, little story about this gun, is, has been in a lot of video games, a very distinctive looking automatic shotgun. It looks really futuristic, it's kind of crazy... And as a result, a lot of a lot of um, video games picked it up. 
the thing is, this gun was never actually put into production. This is this is the only prototype that exists that I put up on the screen right now. It was designed, I think, by a guy who was a Korean war veteran who used to be a shotgunner. And he decided, you know what, shotguns are terrible, I'm going to make a better one. And he designed it, he never was never able to sell it, so there's only one remaining. But it's been in a bunch of video games, despite the fact that the, that gun has never existed. Mm. Uh, and it's called the Jackhammer in most video games. I'm going to see if there's a list there's got to be a list of games that have the jackhammer in it sounds uh, familiar yeah you're probably quite familiar with it it was in max Payne. it was in fallout 2 it was in the original far cry it was in the original battlefield 2 rainbow six three some of all fears fallout tactics project igi delta force land warrior 762 high caliber warface ghost recon phantoms counter-strike online the darkness had it battlefield Adrian 3 had Brody it used it in predators did he Apparently, that's what the internet tells me. That's the first time it was in a movie. Yeah, it has been in quite a few movies because people really like the look of it because it looks very futuristic. But in reality, this gun was never mass-produced. And there is only one left in the world uh, that is, I believe, functional. Kind of sad story, really. The guy raised a ton of money. It was obviously a very good gun, and then nobody bought it. So there you go. Politics. The, there's a lot of that. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of politics involved in it, you know. Cause... Don't worry, man. Trump will bring it back. He bloody well better not. Gotta shoot something. Hugely impractical. Like, do do we actually need a shotgun that's that ridiculous? Probably not. But yeah, go ask Trump about the Pancor Jackhammer and whether or not he will make America great again with it. If so, please don't vote for him. <laughs> All right, that's the political stuff out of the way. Let's get back to video games. So, out of, after the gun nerding out, what else have we been playing? Who's going to throw a hat in the ring? I got a few, but I played a really good game. What's that this week? Uh, it was called Moon Hunters. Oh yes, I I Is recall that the Square you. Square Enix game, the one that Square was trying to like. It was part of their their like Kickstarter program they have. Uh, I don't know. I all I know is developed by a friend of Stephen, who does the roleplay stuff with us. Yeah, Stephen Lumpkin. Yes. Yeah. So get indie developed game, but like basically it's it's full player multiplayer. It's a very short, sporadic role play game, but with like hundreds of different branches. And basically, you start off on the continent with randomly generated locations, and depending on who you meet and who you speak to and what you do, the ending is adjusted to compensate. And you unlock things each playthrough, and then you play again with a different character, and you unlock more stuff. And it was really really fun and and cool. Is it out, or did you get a, yeah, like... Uh, yeah, it's out. I think it's out. It's coming it out. Is. I think it just came out on GOG yesterday. Um, cool. but it's already on Steam. Yeah, this was part of Square Enix's collective initiative that they're doing, where they, like, pick out a few games that they think are really, really good, and they promote the hell out of them. Mm. Uh, this was one of those, so... Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. I loved it. It was really good. And it also has online multiplayer, too, so you can, you can play with friends. What's the name again? Sorry, Moon Moon Hunters. Moon Hunters. You sorts are going to cost me a fortune. This tends to happen every now and again, especially if we had a good week. We're not done yet either. We've got plenty more. I heard some people were criticizing the actual combat gameplay of Moon Hunters. Like that, that wasn't that good. What do you reckon to that? As someone that plays quite a lot of ARPGs. Um, I mean, the combat really isn't a big element of the game. It's like you, there's like boss encounters, and it's the boss encounters are totally fine. The combat is like the combat isn't the standout aspect of the game. The standout aspect is like the exploration and just trying to get the different endings and stuff. But I didn't have any issues with the combat whatsoever, and I played every class. 
some of them are harder than others, obviously, but there's like little merchants throughout the game and you can save up points during that playthrough and then you can like buy upgrades for your combat and stuff. I don't know, like me and Dodger streamed it for like seven hours and wow. no one complained about the combat. <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was a few people that for some reason, uh, definitely on Steam, were saying that the game's combat was lacking and that they didn't like it as a result. I think maybe they went into it expecting Diablo and didn't get it. Yeah, and... or, you know, expecting, like, Divinity Original Sin or something. It's just, it's not that kind of game. I like the aesthetic of it. I, I'm not 100% keen on oh, the character beautiful. art, but I like the actual game itself. It looks uh, pencil by the looks of it, very pencil style. A little bit of an yeah. Asian influence to it, I think. You know, a little bit of Japanese, maybe a little bit of oil painting in there. It, but it is a co-op game. I did like the idea that apparently what you do affects the outcome. I love games like that. I'm big into them. Yeah, I, so like throughout I, the game, um, you'll be given like options, choices and stuff. And depending on what you do, you get like attributes. You might get like, you might save a, a snake, even though it's venomous. And then you get like the brave attribute and that will let you approach a lion. But if you don't have the brave attribute, you can't approach the lion. So like getting different characteristics opens up different branches for the game and then like adjusts the end game to compensate. That is very divinity though, where it's the idea of like I unlocked the ability to talk to a dog so that can change my questing kind of <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But literally I think like it takes you maybe twenty minutes to beat the game. What what? Um it's like very, very short. Basically what happens is that the game takes place in a three day window. And so you can visit four places in that playthrough. But then the next time you play through the game again and you visit like four different places to try and see how you can get a better ending. And so like you end up playing through the game. I think we played through 12 times with different characters because you unlock like they have like a star system and you unlock different stuff in the star system um, and you keep going. It's pretty cool. You know, I, I like this idea because some people really hate that the game is short like that. But to no, me, like, that's really an advantage. It well. If it's got replayability, and if the whole point is that every time you do it, you get different story outcomes, that is what I want. That to me is great. I would rather yeah, play a bunch of, of rounds of that. a 200-hour Divinity game, you yeah. have a 20-minute game that you can like play in small chunks and have different outcomes and play exactly. different characters. It's really cool. I think there's huge value in that. And, I don't think that, and the weird thing is that there's actually quite a few games that already do it, but don't really do it in the same way. Basically, Moon Hunters is aping things like Binding of Isaac that have, they're based around short runs. Nobody yeah. ever claimed Binding of Isaac was not good value because of that. The whole point is that you keep playing it multiple times and different things happen every time. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Like you go to a place and the enemies are randomly generated and there might be a merchant, there might be a boss that appears and you have to fight the boss. It's just like, yeah, it's completely like RNG. I want to play that now. I want to play a lot of that, actually. That's that's on the list of, I'm going to play a bunch of sessions of this. God damn it. I'm yeah, going to have no, no time already, left. I just bought it. This looks so cool. It is co-op, but it's one to four players, so we can maybe run through it. I just... Yeah. And Stuart can probably back me up on this one. A lot of us grew up on the back of choose-your-own-adventure and fighting fantasy books. Oh, yeah. yes. Indeed. Mm -hmm. I, did. I have an almost complete selection of Final Fantasy books, fighting fantasy books. To this easy day. mistake to make. I, I have, keep saying uh, that. At too. the office, I have uh, volumes 1 through 33 of Choose Your Own Adventure. I've hey. been meaning to do a series where I just read one and then have people animate it. That's like my dream 
but I don't know the <laughs> ramifications of that, so I haven't done it. Yet. I haven't really done it yet, but I've always I, wanted to do that. A long time I ago, had the mountain sorry. survival one. I think mm. I froze to death every bloody attempt. I think I had that one too. Yeah, it's like it, choose your own adventure. I think was bigger in the United States, whereas fighting mm. fantasy, I think, took off a lot. Mm. Uh, it's not that you couldn't get them in the UK; you could, but the. I remember Starship Traveler, which I think is volume five of Fighting Fantasy, which was yes. unbelievably unfair. In fact, most of them were really unfair. That was yeah. kind of the point. But the difference between those games and Choose Your Own Adventure is they had a combat system that involved dice. Huh. It was like it was like a single player RPG. Not very good one, but a single player RPG nonetheless. There's internal dice rolls in this one too. Like you can try to do something and you can fail it and succeed it. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing about those books, or indeed the worst thing about those books, is that failing a dice roll could literally just kill you and end the story immediately. Yeah. yeah. Or turn, just turn sometimes the like they felt like it. it yeah. Just on the page, it just says you are dead. Yeah. yeah. There are two doors ahead. They're both the same. Do you want to go left or right? Left, you are dead. Dead. Yeah. The, Thanks. The later ones tended to realize that they were being horribly unfair and started to write into the dialogue clues that would reveal to you that you were going the wrong way or that you made the wrong call. But especially the early ones, it was possible to get on a path where you could not win and get there on that path very early on to the point where you couldn't do a damn thing. So you could pick a ch you could do a choice early that fucked you for the entire game and you wouldn't know until you'd read uh, 20 more pages of it, at which point it killed you. That's uh, not ideal. Uh, and that even gets around the classic keep your thumb in the page when you does. go in case there's an instant death. That's exactly... They knew. Yeah. They knew that was going to happen, which is why they did that. It's so that you didn't, oh, it was, because the whole choose the wrong door thing, you could scum very easily. You stick your thumb in, it's like, oh, I failed, I'm going to turn back and keep going, which is your own call, you can do that. But there's, there's actually a really great, in one of the choose your own adventures, I don't remember if it's the ninja one, or it, there's one of them, it might be the time travel one, whatever the case may be, the, you literally in like the first maybe six or seven choices have the option to just not do it. Like <laughs> just be like, you know, this doesn't sound cool. You flip the page, it's like you go home and go to sleep for the night and wake up the next day and go back to school. Like that's <laughs> you know, this is crazy. It's a Far Cry, it's a Far Cry Four stuff. ending, yeah, yeah. or a uh, Shadow Complex ending, uh, that it's kind like, of thing. It's like, you I know what? This is not worth travel. a hassle. No, no, oh, I'm not gonna do that. That's I'm going a, home. This is awful crazy. Idea. <laughs> Just terrible. I, the weird thing is that these game books have had something of a revival now, thanks to iOS. You can get not only quite a few of the fighting fantasy books, but you can get a full, um, this is probably the best series that exists, Sorcery, which was oh, Steve Jackson. Yeah. So it was fighting fantasy, but it was a bit more advanced. And it's by uh, the Inkle guys, the guys that made 80 Days, which mm. was an excellent game. You yeah. can play Sorcery 1 through 3 on iOS and Steam, and they are probably the pinnacle of what most of those games could do they had advanced systems they had some really interesting ideas about their spell system because it used um, a series of uh, code words and you'd learn the spells and if you didn't know the spell you wouldn't know which page to turn because it, it, instead of using uh. just page numbers it used code words which was really cool there's also a judge dread one which is really good on ios and there's a warhammer 40,000 one which is unbelievably unfair oh it was that I've died. I tried. I tried to beat it on a plane, and I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. It. I died so many fucking times. It's like you stuck around a little bit too long. You were eaten by tyranids. Enjoy this. Uh, that this happens to you constantly. It's. Oh god, it's brutal. Um, 
absolutely brutal. But that, that was the attraction of those games. Like, because they were really hard. And when you eventually beat them, it was really satisfying. Not to mention it was about trying to get kids to actually read books. So if you put a mm. game element in them, a lot of us yep. were like, oh, books are awesome. What? Mm-hmm. Oh. Going back to games which are incredibly short, but you uh, go over them again and again, uh, there's an old interactive fiction game called Isle, which mm-hmm. has literally, you know, interactive fiction, you know, examine, potato, yep. drop, text-based adventure, sort of Exactly, text adventure, as we used to call them. And you only have one turn, and then the game restarts. And you're just in a supermarket aisle, and you can slowly sort of piece together this story of uh, what's happened to the character in it. It's quite interesting. I, God knows how you'd play it these days through some sort of interpreter, but uh, I yeah, it must I believe be at it's... least 15 years old, probably older. It wasn't believe... like a commercial release or anything. Yeah, I believe uh, I because they used to be called interactive fiction. Now, of course, that term is kind of being hijacked by people who are making walking simulators, essentially, and saying we're interactive oh. fiction. It's like. No, no, you're not. Interactive fiction was a, t- a text adventures. That was the name of the genre for the longest mm. time. It was fiction that was interactive. Yes. There's the clue, guys. Mm. You weren't walking along and going, mm. can I have a bit of story now? Yeah. Please. Okay. I mean, I'll look, I'll look at the flowers. I, c- I can't interact yeah. with them in any way, but I'll look at them, right? Okay. Can I have a pretentious man ramble for a while? <laughs> no, I've got to get 20 feet further. All right. Okay, yes. I want to be the pretentious voiceover in one of those games. Would you be ideal for it? Yeah. I don't know why you yeah. haven't been picked up yet. You are horribly pretentious. I don't know why I was... <laughs> I know. Absolutely. I mean, I could do it off the top of my head. Edna love- was depressed. There were no more flowers in the garden that she could relate to. And yet, by taking a few more steps forward... Perhaps the future would hold what her past had sadly withheld from her. There we are. Right, a game around that. Perfect. It could be like 8-bit graphics except in 3D. 10 That's out of 10, polygon. Yep. Done. Instantly. Call no me video game man. I, I believe you mean woman. This is, this is current year after all. 2016. Video yeah. game person. Person, A yes. duck. I want this game written by a duck. A, a duck. Gen- There's nothing more progressive than a duck. A gender-neutral duck. Gender-neutral duck. Yes. Who had some very good hits in the 70s. It was a prog rock band, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> His hair. His feathers yeah. sort of wafted in front. Just over one eye? Mm-hmm. Over one eye. Hey, wait, like this. They're still touring. It's unbelievable. They're so old now, but uh, yeah, still going at it. Sam, you are the gender-neutral progressive rock duck of this podcast. <laughs> One little swoop, and there you go. Yep. <laughs> the chat Whack. is now full of ducks. Oh, God. <laughs> Whack. Yes, so you can't have interactive fiction. You can't have roguelike either. They both have specific definitions. Quit fucking with them. Uh, if you want to call it something, think of something else. Um, I like um, virtual installation, I think is good. Because it's basically an art exhibit. You walk through it, you experience it. You wanted your games to be art? Then call them art. Stop calling them games. Speaking of... of- uh, of being overwhelmed by a lot of things. I'm looking at chat and it's just all geese right now. It's all, um, it's all geese and ducks. Yeah, it's nothing but. Um, speak, you mentioned roguelite or roguelike, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Yes. There have been an overwhelming 
tidal wave of those games over the last two years. Yeah. I'm just like, who? where was it decided that this was the game people wanted? Like, this is the style of game people wanted. Is it because of things like... Um, uh, uh, oh God, it's uh, Isaac. Finding of Isaac. Yeah, is it because of that? Or yeah, that's exactly why. Nowhere. Yeah. The, so the the revival of the genre, which really is not a revival of the genre per se, because it's not a roguelike. Because roguelike it has a specific definition, and these games don't really fulfill them. They are roguelike likes or roguelites. You know, I like roguelite. I think that's a nice term. Mm-hmm. That those games go back to the early '80s, possibly even late '70s, uh, with games like Hack, with game uh, NetHack specifically, with games like Rogue, which is why it's called Roguelike, and then games like Angband and Umoria, and those were games where you played a dude or a woman, whatever, or a goblin, you know, goblin dude, goblin woman, whichever you liked. You had lots of different choices. You were actually represented by a text symbol. Usually, you were uh, at. As in, you know, at gmail.com, you were a walking at. The, everything else was a letter, so you went and fight uh, lowercase t's and uppercase w's. Very dangerous, uppercase w's. And they usually represented different monsters, and the game only moved when you did. So it was pseudo-turn-based. You could actually play the turn through real fast. As soon as you pressed left to move, that's a turn. You press to attack, that's a turn. So you can take turns real quick, or you can take them really, really slow. So is super hot a roguelike? I'm going to go with probably not. That's because it isn't. Yes. <laughs> you don't say. I, yes, I'm, go- I'm going to assume probably not, although it could have been, interestingly. But that, that's not the only thing that they featured. That was the pro- that was the kind of the way you could identify that particular genre, but they had a bunch of other things. They usually featured permadeath. They usually featured an overworld, which was a town hub with a randomly generated dungeon. So in the town hub, you could buy shit, and then you went down into the dungeon, and it was randomly generated, and you encountered stuff. Umoria and Angband were all based on Lord of the Rings. So you could get in there, and I believe it was possible, based on kind of weird randomness, that you walked in there, and immediately Sauron showed up, and you died. It was a little brutal. Most of the time, it was, you are fighting a a bag of worms, or a dog. (laughs) But... After, uh, sometimes one of the randoms would show up. It's like, this is Grim or Wormtongue. He is level 99 and casts 5,000 spells and you die immediately. Locked uh, in an intense battle with a bag of worms. With a bag of worms. <laughs> there was, I'm um, losing, they've got me. There, oh, ew. There's a, um, How fucking bad adventurer do you have to be? I don't get it about games nowadays where like, kill rats, kill, you know, puppies to level up. Kill the flowers. It's been a thing for a while, hasn't it? Kill the pigs. So the name of the monster specifically... even fight back. Why is this even a thing? Look, you have to learn to kill. You need to to learn to kill. Fuck, then kill a man. Kill a man. (laughs) Kill a fucking... Kill a man. (laughs) This week on career advice. Kill a man. (laughs) Preferably two. So the name of the mob that we're talking about was the White Worm Mass. So it is literally a pile of tiny worms. Uh, the description of it. White Worm Mass used to tour with Gender Neutral Duck. I believe they did. They were in support. Um, they did have some issues with their drummer. They had to swap them out later. Death um, Metal's finest. Indeed. The uh, So the description... Because uh, every monster had a very detailed description, because you could look at them, and that was that was part of it. Because obviously the game didn't have graphics; it was all about you know. So they described the monsters to you. It is a large, slimy mass of worms. This natural creature is normally found at the depths of fifty feet and moves extremely erratically and slowly. It's rarely detected by telepathy. 
It breeds explosively. It's hurt by bright light, but resists poison and rock removal. It cannot be frightened. It is fairly observant of intruders, which it may notice from 70 feet away. It can crawl on you to poison with damage of 1d2. It can crawl sure on that's you? not a description of me. I mean, it's pretty no, close. Come to think of it. That's what, what you're known for. You're 1d2 yeah, yeah. damage. Yep. 1d2 ashens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There were actually a wide variety of worm masses of different types, and worm farming was a known grinding method to level up uh, as a low-level character quickly. Because worms bred explosively, so you if you didn't use AoE, they'd breed faster than you could kill them. So if you had the right armor, you could literally just kill them infinitely and level up off them. You'd also get drops and things like that. If you had to recommend one modern roguelike... Um, for somebody who hasn't played them before, which yep. one would you recommend? I would recommend Dungeons of Dreadmore. That's so, a great game. It is. So the Dungeons of Dreadmore is unlike things like Isaac, which are roguelike inspired, very much an actual roguelike, but it has actual graphics. I'd recommend has... Crypt of the Necrodancer with a dance pad. Which is inspired by roguelikes, very much so. That, the interesting thing about Crypt of the Necrodancer is its movement system is very roguelike. Because it, it's move when you do. But if you want to play a very traditional one, Dungeons of Dreadmore is $5 and is fucking hilarious. It's hard, yes, but definitely. But it has all of the elements of a traditional roguelike, including monster zoos. There was a term known as monster zoo when the algorithm decided to spawn way too many monsters in one room. And it was called a zoo. And you would end up usually getting killed by them, but they could also drop really good loot because there was a lot of dudes. The, this game is like, oh yeah, monster zoos. We're going to put them in the game as an actual thing. And we're going to call them that. So Dungeons of Dreadmoor is a, is a definite one. Um, other ones, Ancient Domains of Masochism. Adon. Yeah. Sounds like the worst nightclub ever. It is a really bad one, honestly. The cover charge is awful. But you can pick up this game for $15, and that, that used to be a, a text-based roguelike, and then they gave it graphics. So you can actually play it in the original mode, which is the dots and the slashes and the ats and everything. But roguelikes are really cool. It's an interesting genre. But as you said, they've now become the, the en vogue genre, I suppose. Because of things like Binding of Isaac. Dreadmore did come out before that, I believe. But I don't think it inspired a, a generation of actual roguelikes. But we had things like Isaac. And then games that had roguelike elements. Spelunky. Um, Cave Story. Things like that. Have a little bit of roguelike in them. A little bit of spice. And then you've got like Darkest Dungeon. Risk of Rain. That all have elements of roguelike in them. But they're not actual roguelikes. Right. So. If I had to recommend, I would go for Sword of the Stars. The Pit. I love that. That is an actual roguelike as well, and it's one of the few um, sci-fi roguelikes. Yep. It's difficult, but you know what I love about that game? The art style. It reminds me of old DOS games. It reminds me of, like, the original XCOM and things yeah. like that. It, it's awesome, and it's a space one. You know, a lot of the roguelikes are not sci-fi. They're fantasy. So it's one of the rare ones that is not that. And it what also was the has... ocean game you played? Um, uh, Sunless Sea. Yeah. Oh. Yes, Sunless Sea. Uh, that is a, again, roguelite inspired, but it is a very uh, narratively driven game. A lot of story in that game. If you love the idea of an under, it's an under the ground ocean that's all green and Cthulhu is involved somewhere, in some way, 
and it has a very weird world that's based on weird English mythology called Fallen London, then you need to play Sunless Sea. It's pretty, pretty great. And of course, people are mentioning uh, FTL. FTL is not a roguelike, but it has certain insp- inspirations. Yeah, it is a yeah. roguelite. Really? And if it's you... great. It is. It's a great game. That's my endorsement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It only has small elements of the roguelike genre in it, though. It is not a roguelike. So. I like... It's pretty cool that a game defined a genre and then was named... The genre was named after the game. Rogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they used to call uh, FPS Doom clones. Clones, yeah. I was going to yeah. say that. God, yeah. Until the genre became so fleshed out that they had a, they came up with a real term for it. Well, MOBAs were Dota. Dota-likes, yeah. I mean, I still call yeah. them Dota-likes. Honestly, I don't like MOBA. I don't think MOBA's a good term. MOBA... It doesn't really apply. It's not... Yeah. It means nothing. Arena. Multiplayer online battle arena. That could be bloody anything. That yeah, quake... it's the most generic thing in the world. Unreal Tournament is a multiplayer online battle arena. Is it the yeah, same I'm playing, genre? I'm Not playing Pokken later. That's a multi-online battle arena. Yeah, it's a battle arena and it's online and it's multiplayer. So it's a MOBA. No, it isn't. <laughs> That's why MOBA is a bad word. I don't like it. Really, it was invented by Riot because they didn't want to be compared to their uh, competition anymore, so they've made up a new genre. Like, nope. Not gonna fall for that. Mm-mm. Another game I played this week is Sheltered. Yes, I have heard about this. Tell me about Sheltered. So Sheltered is, um, obviously, most people have played Fallout Shelter. Yes, which is a bad game. game. Sheltered yeah. is um, a more realistic and way harder version of Fallout Shelter. It wouldn't you take much to be harder, considering that game literally has no gameplay in it. You start, yeah, you start with a family of four in a bunker, um, and you have to build beds, toilets, showers. You have to clean it. You have to stop your people getting food poisoning. You have hazmat suits. You have to try and fix your water and vents on the surface in hazmat suits. Um, it's very, very difficult in terms of food and water management. You have to send your people on expeditions to find food. And find parts like build a freezer so you can so you can like hunt. Um, you can only collect water when it rains, so you have to build you, up but I silos hunt with a and wait for a it's rain the most day. Effective way. It's uh yeah, it's uh if you like that kind of that kind of game, it's definitely the most satisfying and difficult version of of this game type. Uh, I was looking for something like that because yeah, F- Fallout Shelter, while it is a nice flashy thing, is a clicker. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you send people out on expeditions, um, and they have a chance of bumping into other survivors, and then you can choose to either trade with them, recruit them, or some of them will just be crazy and will try and fight you, and can injure and kill your survivors. So you have to actually arm your survivors when they go out to protect them from like other people and bears and stuff. Uh, you'll also get people like coming to your shelter trying to seek refuge or trade. So there's like tons of different elements in it that actually makes it a game. Instead of just like Fallout Shout, which is just like click a dude, assign him somewhere, you've played the game. This is like very, uh, there's a lot of, of people management. That reminds me of this war of mine. As of just yeah. about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. But like, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was very difficult to start once I, on my like fourth playthrough, I kind of started to get the hang of it and stuff and managed to build a freezer and make a snare trap to get fucking deer and. Did you hunt deer with the freezer? Was that the most effective yeah. way, do you think? Sorry? 
Did, did you hunt the deer with the freezer? Because you said you really needed the freezer to go hunting, so I assumed oh you were God. using like, it as a weapon. So basically, you can only have meat from things you hunt if you have a freezer. But to get a freezer, so you've got you to kill to them find... with the freezer. To get a freezer, you have to find a motor out in the wilderness. So I have to like go to the towns and just pray that I find a motor somewhere in the towns. And How if do you, you hunt the motor? Like, chances are you starve by day four. Like it's like super hard. How difficult is it to hunt the motor? Do they tend to run away at first sign of trouble? Yeah, yeah, they do. That's 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 incredible. And I just I just want to point out it's super convenient for the apocalypse that it only affects humans and not animals or anything else. Yeah, the deer Water seem all... pretty fine. That's yeah, the, every the animals are situation, fine. Animals the get out fine. Eat them, but the humans no. Yeah, I mean eating irradiated meat sounds totally healthy. That shouldn't be a problem at all. I love it because like you have you to equip it, your people with a gas mask to send them out, or they get radiation poisoning. But like you can just. There's deer just up there chilling, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna oh, eat you. Yeah, that's all you need to deal with radiation poisoning, by the way, a gas mask. That's all you need. It's fine. Yeah. Everything else, so not a big deal. Aside from the lack of realism, it is... <laughs> I, we are criticizing the realism of this. <laughs> but you can go hunting with a freezer, which is great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's incredibly satisfying for that genre of game. Uh, and if you're into that kind of thing, I'd highly recommend it. Hunt wild motors in the wilderness. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. You say that now, but wait till you like find a fucking motor, TB, and you're going to be in my in my boat. It's hard to catch a haggis, real hard. They're they're squirrely, sneaky little things. They are. They are. I only say this because I know some might believe, <laughs> and that's fun. <laughs> Sheltered, yes, that's available on Steam right now. I I do intend to play it. It looks looks like it might be my bag. We will see if that is true. I hope so. The other game I've been playing a lot of, which I'll let you talk about, because you have also been playing it, is Indeed. Battleborn. Yeah, Battleborn. So uh, here's the problem with the MOBA genre, is that uh, this isn't one, but people think it is. <laughs> because that bloody applies to everything. Battleborn. I, I don't think in recent memory I have seen a game that has either just been marketed as poorly... Or has been completely written off by people. That's its biggest problem. Absolutely. Yeah. It is incredible how much people either do not know about this game or think the game is terrible without having played it. And I'm going to go to bat for it and say every last one of you is wrong about this game. You have no idea what you're talking about. Let me explain why. I'm going to make a big video on this later. But let me, really good. let me use this as a sounding board. Battleborn, some people think that Battleborn is very much an Overwatch clone or a TF2 clone or it's a traditional um, Dota style or League of Legends game. It is none of those. Battleborn is by Gearbox, it's by the Borderlands guys, and it is a primarily multiplayer but also has a big single player mode as well. First person shooter, but it is a first person shooter with PvE aspects, so it has creeps and minions and bosses and stuff like that. So, in Battleborn, you choose a Battleborn, don't ask me why they're called that, and that Battleborn has a few weapons and usually has a couple of different abilities. And as you go into the game, you are given the ability to level up what's called a Helix Point, which is basically a skill point, and every time you level up at a maximum of level 10, which you do in-game, it lets you pick another one. So it's kind of like Heroes of the Storm in that way. You get to pick from a couple of mutually exclusive talents. But that's not really the core aspect of the game. The game is absolutely a first-person shooter. You are given first-person shooter guns or melee weapons. And you fight both the creeps, the minions, and you fight the enemy team. 
And there's a few different game modes. One of them is called Incursion, which is the biggest game mode. And Incursion, you have to destroy two big, highly obnoxious sentry robots that constantly insult you as you try and kill them. Oh my god, the robot killed me yesterday, and then on the death screen, it like wound its middle finger up at me, and then just like walked away. Yep. I was like, are you serious? The game has a, a very gearbox sense of humor. Very, very, very Borderlands. It's got some great stuff in it. One of the characters that I played is a combination of two characters. She is a, a teenage girl who somehow has some kind of shadow spirit that's attached to her. And the shadow spirit really doesn't want anything to do with her. But th they're stuck together for some reason. And she makes the stupidest quotes. So she came up, uh, she's like, she gives the names of the characters. I'm just going to make the names up because I can't actually remember what they're called. It's like, uh, Aeris and Shadow, teenage detectives. And he yells like, we are not detectives! Like, he just doesn't want anything to do with her, but she, he's, they're stuck together for whatever the law reason. The really good. The voice acting is excellent. A lot of the Borderlands voice actors are in it. Tiny Tina is a character in that game, although she's something else. There was a character who is literally a luchador Mexican wrestler. And... The, the whole point of the game is, in that mode anyway, is to destroy the sentry bot. To destroy the sentry bot, you need to make sure that your minions get to the sentry bot so they can break its shield. And then you go and damage it. If you engage it on your own, you get blown up and the game insults you for it. As you do it, you level up, you are able to acquire shards, which is an in-game currency that lets you build stuff on the map. So you can build deployables like a, a healing station or a turret. As you do that, you level up. So the game encourages you to build shit because it gives you experience for doing that. So you can build defenses and upgrade defenses. And of course you're fighting with the other dudes as well. And you're fighting with a character who is kind of like an Overwatch character or a Team Fortress 2 character or something like that. And they're all unique. There's one that has two like energy blades and is, I, I refer to him as Edgelord. That's not his real name, but he's very upset about everything. So I assume he's, he's a, very much a 4chan poster. And he has these two swords he can do like a kind of cross attack which is a, a ranged attack his ultimate is a spinning whirlwind which knocks people up in the air you can air jogger with him you can do combos there is a, a character called marquee who is a robot with a bowler hat he has owls everyone is fond of owls and he sends the owls out to attack and the, the owls will laser in on somebody and go and attack them and he also has a sniper rifle which has a very old scope on it uh you know very very much old timey steampunk and he, he's basically a, a feet sniper. You were playing a girl who is a French kind of a uh, lady. She's a French scientist. French scientist. She's French, she loves fencing. So she has seven fencing rapiers. And, and, and she uses the power of her mind to attack with them. So they're floating yeah. around her and she fires them off. Yeah. So the, the game mode is, is a, it's very similar to, it's a bit Titanfall. Titanfall is probably the best way to describe it. If you play Titanfall's game mode where you had to deal with the creeps and stuff, it's kind of like that. It's also Ooh, very much I feel like, like they take aspects of everything. Like yes. they, you have resource collection, you have PVE, like you kill mobs and then you like recruit them to join your creep wave. Yes. You have tower defense where you build towers and then you have this PVP arena element where you're trying to kill the other players too. So like it literally has everything and can't be compared to anything, which is why I don't get why people are saying it's like an Overwatch clone. Because they're making assumptions based on like trailers and things like that after I not having so, yeah. actually played it. It's it's also important to note this game being a full sixty dollar game has a full story campaign, which is something that people have been saying. Oh, I wish Overwatch had for a while. This has a full on story. So I played with Dodger last night. 
we played the story mode in two-player. They're releasing the story as episodes over time. And we played, like, episode two or something like that. And we we landed on a planet, and our ship crashed because it was piloted by someone that wasn't paying attention, so everyone was upset about that. It has the borderland sense of humor. We infiltrated this base, we hunted down these enemies, we found the shield generators to disable, and halfway through, this giant robot drops in, and we've got to help the robot. And we can upgrade the robot, and the robot's constantly talking, and the robot's like, I'm gonna hack this door! And he's like, I'm too lazy to hack this door, I'm just gonna blow it up. So he blows the door up, and you have to defend the robot. There's a giant boss fight at the end, which had- it's actually on the screen right now. It had, like, four different phases. It took us to an entire- we were literally in space at one point, fighting weird creep waves. And then we came back, and then there was this tiny- this tiny little bubble that became this world-ending energy thing. We had to blow up four things first before the bubble killed everybody. And we got loot drops, we got power-ups, and what we did in the story mode actually upgraded our characters for the multiplayer. Which I thought was really cool. Mm. And we've had a blast playing it. We've been playing it the last week in the press beta. And we have been enjoying the shit out of this game. It's got a lot of game modes. It's got a lot of variety in terms of characters. It has a loot system that doesn't suck. Which is good. They've got free content that's already announced. That's coming. Yep. It's that dude. It's like one of those games where very rarely will I say a game is worth the $60 price tag. But I feel like this game is legit worth the $60 price tag. It's got a lot of shit in it. Like, people have been complaining for ages, Oh, this is, well, I'm sick of multiplayer-only games. Okay, this game has a single-player campaign. Oh, it's $60. Yeah, because it has a single-player campaign, and a multiplayer campaign, and no microtransactions. So, of course, it's $60. I mean, that's that's the price it should be, right? They're like, it should be free! Oh, God, God damn it! Just flip the table! You know, the problem with making a game like that free is you end up with Paragon. And the problem the Paragon has is that it needs to monetize in some way, and the way it does it is through the world's worst equipment system. And this game has a good equipment system, so the way the gear works in this game is really cool. You can pick up to three pieces of gear to take with you into a match, and you never have to buy them. If you don't want to, you spend your shards either on that equipment, which gives you some upgrades, or you spend it on building turrets and robots and things. And as you build turrets and robots, you gain experience. So it's actually a viable strategy where you don't get gear and you build robots instead because you get a level advantage over people. Also, the thing about gear that I love is the stats on gear when you get gear is randomly rolled every time. Yeah. So you can you can actually just like get really good stuff because you your gear just rolled well, or you can get like a super dud. Sure. Of a glove. But the way uh, they, they balance it really the well. Back to the, sh the shop too. So if you get equipment you don't like, you can sell it back and like get new stuff. Yeah, basically as you win games, you get packs and you're like, oh god, you hated Paragon, why do you like this? Because it's completely different. The the par In Paragon, all the packs that you get basically define your entire character. Gear in this, it doesn't define your character at all. It's a, it's a nice bonus and you don't even have to actually buy it in game. Because there's a viable strategy where you don't. You buy robots and defenses instead and you level up. Because as you buy the gear, you don't level up. If you buy robots and defenses, you level up. So you're more powerful than that dude because of that. And this gear is like 20% reload speed. Or, you know, 10% damage. It's not character defining. It's a bonus. It's a little it's, bonus. It strictly appeals to the PvP players. If, the, if you're a player that wants to just fight the other players, then you go for gear. But if you're not that kind of player and you want to, like, interact with the environment and help the team more, 
then you don't get equipment. You get like towels and stuff. There's, it's just like there's an avenue for everything. The cool thing about that is you can even you can do both. You can buy gear that makes towers cheaper. Mm. You can there's I've got yeah. some gear that when I build a tower for thirty seconds, I get faster reload speed after I built it. So I help the team, and then I get a bonus, which is cool. And there's also gear with downsides and stuff like that. I uh, it's. I mean, I'm going to do a video that probably explains that, because I probably just info-dumped all over the place. Just like, hey, all this shit! But it's got a really cool character to it. All the characters are really interesting, and they have really great voice acting. They have a lot of character. I've said that word way too many times already. I need synonyms. Synonyms! Stuart, synonyms! Stat! Elements? Stuart, synonyms! Please! Synonyms. I need synonyms. For what? Character. Synonyms. Synonyms. synonyms for character. Synonyms for character. Hmm... How about... I'm bleeding uh, out, Ashen's help. That's a hard one, isn't it? You're on your own. Yeah. Personality. Yeah. I guess. No personality no. characters there. Flavor, Distinctive maybe. Distinctive voices. Distinctive, uh, yes. Distinctions. We like it. out. Um, yeah. Believable. Um, not like Piers Morgan. Yes. Um, Perfect. Wow. Yeah. wow. There is no Piers Morgan in this game Nega, at all. Nega Piers Morgan. Nega Piers Morgan. They are filled with their Negasonic Teenage Morgan. <laughs> yes, there we go. I would not watch that movie, actually. No. Yeah. It, so everything I've played of it, there are a couple of complaints. I'm not. I'm not claiming it's perfect. Like the screen is the most visually busy shit you have ever seen in your life. Ooh. There's so much color. Yeah, they, they've got to. They've got to cut that back. Worthy, oh sure. God! It's the so because it's like the Borderlands graphic style, but there's so much shit on the screen. Because you know, in the big modes, there's a lot of creeps, a lot of minions, a lot of explosions, a lot of shit going down. So it's like, what the hell is going on? I'm blind. That they've got to sort out. And also, the gun models are way too big. They need to fix that too. Uh, there's some netcode issues. Uh, I one of the characters is playing the the teenage detective one has an ability that sends her shadow out to grab somebody and bring them to them, which sounds great, because then you can wail on them, except when I grab them, half the time they disappear and reappear somewhere else, because the netcodes are not brilliant. So, That's, they definitely... It's actually one of the things... I haven't played the game in the, the early access beta stuff, but I have played it at E3 and PAX and stuff, so it's only been little short bursts, but the one thing that I would say that I really, really noticed was that, besides it looking great and the characters being awesome, it's super busy. I've always come away being like, I don't know what just happened. Win or lose, I'm just like, all right, that was, it looked great. I don't know what the fuck happened on yeah. the screen, but it looked cool. It takes so, a while yeah. to figure it out. There, there are, it depends on the game mode. Like the, the one, they just introduced the new game mode, Meltdown, which is a much simpler mode where you are literally feeding a furnace that thinks it's a god. And it's like, feed me or I'll destroy the world. So you have to feed it robots. And your then own, your own robots. Yeah, your own awesome. your own robots. So you have to escort your minions to the furnace. He then eats <laughs> them, and it's like be reborn as three ring binders and things like that. It's like this is fucking hilarious. But that mode is a lot simpler because there's a lot less shit going down. There's basically two lanes. There's not that many minions. It's not crazy. Um, but incursion, which is the big mode, is fucking insane. Um, I think they definitely need to do something about that to make it more, uh, to make it more visually not appealing, palatable is the word I'm looking for. Tolerable. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it looks it looks visually appealing as is. That's yeah. That's not the problem. It's the fact that there's 
it, there's so much happening. It's that overload. It's overwhelming. Visual yeah. overload. Think League of Legends, worse. <laughs> just, and League of Legends is color vomit. This is maybe even worse than that. Um, so that, I think, needs to be resolved. But I'm going to go to bat for fucking Battleborn. I'm sick to death of hearing the bullshit about Battleborn for people who haven't played it. It's good. It's original. It reminds me of Monday Night Combat, which was a really great game that none of your motherfuckers played, and you let it die, and I don't like you. So Battleborn is like Monday Night Combat. So maybe, you know, if that is your bag, then think about it. I totally let that game die. You did! You let it die. Sunday, Super Monday Night Combat, same problem. You let that die too, although that had its own issues, but I love those games. Yeah, there you go. There's there's your Battleborn pitch. There'll be a full video coming later this week. Uh, right now, me, Dodger, stripping, cry, are playing it to death and having a shitload of fun. Mm. Also, the devs suck and we're better than them. Damn. <laughs> we beat the devs. We whooped their ass. We have re- beat them repeatedly. They even cheated. Like, after we beat them once, they brought in their level 100s and we beat them anyway. <laughs> they like, they like, you can't pick the same character twice, but they could. But they and could. They also just made themselves rank 100 so they had everything and then they still lost that's, that's super salty and amazing like I yeah rank 100. we beat him anyway <laughs> the interesting thing is that leveling up doesn't give you like uh, an advantage per se but as you level up you unlock more characters you also get as you get you get more gear like you can get up to like orange level legendary artifact gear and you think oh god people with artifact gear are going to be the best no, because the gear scales by cost. So if you've got a super good item, it costs a shitload to turn... You have to activate it. You literally it. can't afford it for the you first can't 10 it. minutes of the, of the game. Exactly. The game's only 15 minutes long. Yeah, so it's balanced. Like, they balanced it that way. There are literally items that cost no money that you can have in-game immediately, if you like. So you, you pick based on how fast you think you can level up. If you take something that's too expensive and you don't get enough shards in-game... It's useless because you can never activate it. It's a genius piece of balance. And you have to spend time farming, which means you don't, you're not helping the team because you're exactly. going farming crystals. Yeah, you need to pick up crystals to get it. Yeah, it's There's a lot of really smart ideas in Battleborn. Um, I'm all over it. I like it. It's going to fail because I like it. The last game I played is Pokken, but... You know, yes, we'll get to that. We'll do Pokemon after the break because we're actually... Uh, I think we need a... I mean, Pokemon fighting game. We're done. We're done. Oh, okay, there you go. Pokemon fighting game. <laughs> Apparently Mewtwo Shadow Mewtwo is overpowered. There you go. We'll be coming back after the break with the news and also the releases, and then we'll do some shameless plugging, because we'd really love you to go and watch our channels. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast with special guest Stuart Ashens. He will become a three-ring binder. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. You just heard the wonderful sounds of Dracula is our vampire vampire killer by Jorito featuring BMC War Machine, which is on ocremix.org on the Vampire Variations Volume 3, which is needless to say based entirely on Castlevania. And it's that fucking... was a bigger mouthful than this, Chris. Yep. Not a bigger mouthful than the five Jaffa Cakes I just ate, but I will say that that album is amazing! And you should probably go and have a look at it. And it's free. That's always good. Like that. Love free music. Always great. Cool. Let's talk about... We were going to talk about Pokken, but I think you've pretty much said all that needs to be said about Pokken, right? Yeah. It's a really really fun fighter where you're Pokemon. And it has a a three-dimensional phase, and then it has a two-dimensional phase. I'm interested on that basis, because that's that's interesting and weird. Oh, it's really cool. So you have specific moves that force you into a different phase 
Okay. And so the projectile characters obviously want to keep it in field phase where they can shoot projectiles in a three-dimensional space. And then the fighting type characters want to try and get in and force it into the dual phase, which is the Ooh. 2D phase, because then they can get their Street Fighter-esque combos in. And so like, it's like a constant balance in the in the matches between trying to like switch the phases, which is really cool. It's very unique for a fighting game, but I, I've been that, I'm enjoying it. That sounds cool. Like, how accessible is it? Like, do I need to know five thousand combos in order to even oh, get God. by? The combos are really really straightforward, and they teach. They have a is a really good tutorial that teaches you all the combos in the tutorial just off the bat, and the combos are very straightforward. It's like up x down x or y y y into a cancel which is a cancel simply pressing another button and then xxx like there's no quarter circles or any of that kind of shit it's just mm. a direction and a button um so like Sold. in terms of I'm yeah in terms it. of the entry level for a fighting game it's really good but then there's high level mechanics like you can um counter and then there's counter canceling where you go to like counter kind of like an ex in street fire you okay counter and then you, you can dash back and all this kind of stuff um but yeah, it's really cool. Nice. And they've got like a really good rank system. The net code is very good. Uh, there's a really good uh, single player league thing too as well. We've been watching Shofu play a lot of that with uh, mm. Pikachu. Can yeah. I play Psyduck? He's the number one Pikachu in America. You cannot, you cannot play Psy Here's the thing. You can't play Squirtle. You can't play Psyduck. There is no Meowth. It is Fuck. not a game I care about. However, so, however, what kind of game doesn't have Meowth in it? I mean, really? So it's, it's all the most popular Japanese Pokemon. So nah. there's like any Pokemon in there. Um, there's like They're Pikachu rubbish. Libre. There's Pikachu Libre, TB, which is Pikachu, but a wrestler with wrestling moves. Sold. Two copies. Also, there's Mat Machamps in it as well, who's basically a wrestler. Also, there's a chandelier. Out of all the characters they picked, they picked yeah. a chandelier. Do and you get to swing? The chandelier is fucking from the broken. chandeliers. Like, from the chandeliers. But yeah, go if you want to nope. see like the basics of it. Shofu has some really good videos out right now that are him just like taking on guys and explaining everything he's doing. And it explains even when they try to counter him, like there's a lot of cool abilities where they can set up like pillars to make it so if you touch any of them, you so you have to like change your fighting style. It's really cool. You get um, two support Pokemon that you can take into a fight with you. Oh, so sick. if you're against a ranged like projectile using Pokemon, you can tag in these support Pokemon that do an attack and leave. And so, like, is one of the Psyduck? Against... <clears throat> uh, no. no, fuck. No. <laughs> but like, yeah, if you're against a ranged uh, Pokemon and you're a, a close range one, you can bring out a ranged support that shoots a beam and like lets you get in. But yeah, can there's... the support character swing from the chandelier? No, 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 <laughs> no they can't. They what can't. fucking game is this, really? Fuck. <laughs> Why do I bring this up? <laughs> How does this 3D mode work? Is it a bit like um, Psychic Force or Power Stone? Or I hope it is. Kind of. So, like, basically, the fight takes place in a in a dome, like a force field, and so you have like okay. the whole area of the force field. Your move set like changes when you're in field mode, um, and then so you still have like a grab, but like you basically move three dimensionally to try and fight each other. And whoever gets knocked down first. Um, goes down and then the phase changes and the other person gets like a bonus to their uh, EX meter, their ultra meter. Um, and all the Pokemon have like a burst phase, which is where they can transform and then they get like an ultra. So you can do like really cool ultras and stuff too. It's really cool to watch. There's, it, it reminds me of... It it's so fun of, to watch. Yeah, the new changes they made to, to Street Fighter V, like just the background is really exciting. Even uh, 
yeah, it was just weird things to look at in the background of like Pokemon <laughs> trainers, and you're like, what the hell is going on? There's, there's one map which is called the Magikarp Festival, and it's just yes! hundreds of Magikarp just flopping around in the background of this fight <laughs> while you're trying to fight some other guy. Is Magikarp a playable character? No, but it is Fuck! a support character. It is a support, it's a support character. character. Oh, there we go. Excellent. I'm gonna swing from the chandeliers with Magikarp. Magikarp, it's Magikarp and then I yes. think there's like randomly on a 10 second delay it just comes out of nowhere and like slaps them yes and so i was watching the stream and some guy just forgot about it and then it got him out of cruise moment it was like fucking magic corp i assume you can buy this on the e-shop nonsense and so i don't have to get it with a disc in a box it, you can buy it on the wii u store all right yeah. and a buy on the wii u store right it, after. TV? yes what do- <laughs> i don't i don't want to leave the house <laughs> is that possible <laughs> It's very fun. Right. I'm going to stream it right after this. So That sounds like super fun. Uh, another game that you mentioned, because uh, Ashens, you were mentioning like Power Stone and Psychic Force. It sounds a bit like Virtual On. Oh, God. I loved Virtual On. In fact, I've got a friend in game. Japan who's just sourced me the um, 360 version, which was never released over Yes. Oh, wow. Which apparently will play, you know, without any imports problems. Yep. Yeah, because I, I believe it was, I can't remember, was that a conversion of Oratorio Tangram, which was the Dreamcast sequel? I believe so, yeah, with some enhancements, I think. Yes. That game is god-tier good. If you if no one has played uh, Virtual On before, give it a shot. It's it's a 3D battle arena. Ah. And you you pick a robot, you it's kind of a behind the shoulder view. And instead of it being a fighting game, you're in a full 3D arena, kind of side dashing and air dashing and you've got like three weapons and you're trying to beat the shit out of the other robot. Mm-hmm. And it's got amazing robots. It's uh, called, uh, also known as Cyber Troopers. There's uh, actually, feet, there's, yeah, there's some 60 FPS footage of the 360 version I have right here, actually. Oh, that's that was Temjin, I think. That's the guy with the sword. I used to, who did I, yes. I used to play Viper Two, who what who had um, I can't remember what did Viper Two have. She she was a kind of purple robot, really really agile. Oh, uh, the one that fired hearts. That sort of stuff. Uh, she was someone different. That wasn't Viper 2. Uh, but there, there is a character that fires heart beams. There's, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, that was a, that was white and pink. Yeah. Gosh, so, I used Viper to play two. the oh, yeah. original on Saturn. Um, yes, the original did come out on Saturn. Uh, yeah. I played the shit out of that. Uh, Oratoria Tangram was a Dreamcast game and was excellent. And, of course, there was the arcade version that had two... So the control method for this game was very unusual. The arcade version had two sticks... And you controlled it with these two sticks, and you uh, moves would involve you pulling the sticks apart at the same time, or pushing them together and forward. It was almost like controlling an, an, a mech, I would assume. Uh, and it was really unusual. You could actually buy the home version, but it was like $250 for these sticks, so most people didn't buy them. But yeah. it was a kick-ass game, and actually, if Pocket is even even close to that, then I want it. It was developed by Bandai Namco, so it has that kind of like all their kind of fighting games in the 3D environment. Yes. Has that kind of model. Mm. Yeah, it's I I'm fucking loving it. It's so much fun. I dig it. That sounds great. I'm gonna buy it right after the show. God, this show's costing me a lot of money as well. Now I know how you feel, Stuart. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you see the gameplay uh, right here, where you're behind the character. That's the one with the heart beam, actually, who's playing right now. She's fighting the uh, boss Jagarande at the moment, who is this giant motherfucker, and mm. It's a case of air dashing and trying to lock on and trying to dodge incoming fire. Line of sight is important. You can hide behind cover. You can charge an ultimate. You can melee as well. It's pretty kick-ass. It's a really good game. I wish they'd bring out another one. It does. The the 3D filmer does play like this. 
It does? Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, exactly like mm. this. Like, you're, you're locked onto the enemy and you're kind of, like, dodging projectiles from each other and stuff. Fuck. Is this what this is what I wanted? Now all I need is a new power stone, and I'm gonna be happy. Oh my god, power stone was my fucking bay. Fuck. My childhood, my whole childhood. I miss power stone so very much. It makes no sense that there isn't another one. That is weird. Actually, it's just one of those things that's totally disappeared, isn't it? Mm. And it was like the biggest seller on the Dreamcast. Yeah. Never, never enjoyed the second one much. They'd sort of changed some of the fundamentals. I never quite enjoyed it, but oh, I uh, loved it. first one was fantastic. Mm. I'm in two minds as to which was the best one, because the first one, I think, as, as a fighting game with fighting mechanics was probably the better of the two. And I also say stage design was a bit more varied, but Power Stone 2 had four player. Power Stone 2 had a ton of loot drops, so there's like over 200 weapons. I remember trying to desperately get the tuna fish to drop, and it would never drop. <laughs> you had to craft items that, there was like 12 versions of the shotgun in that game it's like here's a shotgun now the iron three. crafting was so good five barrel seven barrel nine barrel 11 barrel 11 barrel free shotgun 13 barrel fire shotgun etc etc and you can get all sorts of uh, shit like that uh, the one thing i liked and was also the the downfall i think of power stone 2 is that every level had a ton of interactive elements and phases, but that meant there were only five levels, whereas all of, as original Power Stone had a shitload more than that. Mm. So I think there's, there's ups and downs. They're both really good. I think the favorite item was the scooter that you could ride into people. Yes, absolutely. You could. And you just fuck them up. <laughs> that was amazing. I remember the uh, the battleship level. Uh, where you were fighting over submarines, and the submarines would submerge dynamically during the match. So yeah. it, it's it's a it's a principle that was picked up by Smash Brothers later, where they'd have the the changing stages. But Power Stone did it first and was way better at it because you could get in a turret, you could grab part of the stage and hit somebody with it. You could get in the turrets, and someone had to break the turret to get you out. Yeah, you could you you could swing from a uh, a pole that was in the middle of the map. Or if you're a stronger character, you rip the pole out of the ground and hit them with it. And it depended on whether or not you were strong. Uh, there was also a chef who was a dinosaur. Oh my god. Yeah. And his special ability was like, he had the pot. Giant pot. The giant pot. And it just fucked everyone up. I'm gonna, I must have this. Yes, Tyrannosaurus he chef. Pot. He was called Gourmand. He was... Uh, now I'm just in a giant nostalgia trip now. The fucking game was so good. I want uh, new Power Stone. I want new Dark Stalkers. Yeah, a new Dark Stalkers uh, is coming. That we know. What? Yeah. They, you know what, what? Yeah, I believe there is a new <laughs> there's a new Dark Stalkers on the way. I, if I recall correctly, um, except it looks like they might have cancelled it. Fuck. Yeah. Oh god damn it. Yeah, because they they I thought they'd announced Capcom. yeah they cancelled in 2014. Fuck. Mm. Uh, but apparently Onosan is striving to get a new Darkstalkers as of 2016. So, yeah, Yoko uh, Yoshiniro Yoshi Ono wants to make a new Darkstalkers. He just doesn't think it's going to sell. Uh, well, mm. yeah. That's always the hard one, isn't it? It just certainly doesn't have the impetus of something like Street Fighter behind it, it does, does it? It does not, no. Oh. It does not. Mm. Oh my god, that huge... <clears throat> Doctor Erode, the boss in Power Stone 2. It was just like that super ugly dude holding the gem. 
Yeah, I remember that guy. That the boss fights were really cool because they had the weak spots. The fight was the pharaoh with like the tree trunk legs. You had to like yes. break his legs. Gotcha. Giant pharaoh <sighs> robot. Yeah. So good. Oh my god, it was brilliant. Yeah, part, they they brought it on the PSP, which was a weird yes. format for it. It's like yep. this screen is far too the small. Chaos Tower or something. Yeah. It, it, the game was so as again very visually busy especially with four player it zoomed out to the point where on a very small screen you could barely see anything so it was not an ideal psp game but to be fair few were yeah psp was not an amazing platform for most titles but there was axes and the fucking this is the, oh yeah this level is the temple level where there was a, a one-armed bandit where you could you could roll the wheels and get a bonus or oh my explode. god yeah spikes everywhere rolling boulders there were there were mini games too like you could actually i think it's a phase three of the uh the temple has you running away from boulders against everybody else and that guy so, was basically goku and his special was a spirit bomb yes yeah uh that that guy was awesome the where i, I want to skip forward to that phase because that phase was awesome there we go this is this is the boulder phase so you could grab people and throw them into the boulder and the first person through the door got through with full hp and everyone else took damage in the next phase everyone else got hit. yeah yeah it was great and you had to try and steal the power stones from each other if you collected three power oh, stones you, so went super, you basically great. went super saiyan this is you got skateboards see the skateboards are literal weapons the in this game Skateboard was amazing yeah you, just, like, you could just skate ahead of everyone oh fuck modern gaming is terrible this we shit was so good we don't why don't we have another one of these fucking things this is perfect. You can play this <laughs> online easily. Guy's a rocket launcher on his arm. There's a fucking giant bomb and a one-armed bandit in the corner. You can hit people with a shield or another person. There's a pot. That's a flamethrower, I think. Ah, oh, Jesus. It's a lead pipe. Oh, it's. I'm really sad now. <laughs> Don't worry, because Pockin's great. Okay, if Pockin is even close, okay. I mean, it's not close to Palestone, but it's great. Fuck. I want Palestone back. Why can't we have it? Why did the Dreamcast have to die? Why did the Dreamcast have to die? Why did Sega have to give up on their dreams? Why did Sega have to become awful? Everybody was waiting for that PS2 with its amazing realistic graphics, and then it came nah. out. And it was kind of like, this looks like the Dreamcast, except not as good at the time. So I had a bloody VGA box for the Dreamcast, so it looked oh, yeah. um, incredibly like sharp. Except for about twenty percent of games that just wouldn't work with it. Yes, that yeah, really that annoying. was that was a bit annoying. Although I believe um, they came out once once the Dreamcast had died and piracy was like really the only way you could play shit. You could get a self launcher that actually had a VGA fix on it. Ah, so you could actually play had a fucking Tamagotchi you could put in the yeah. controller and fucking like Final Fantasy feed your Chocobo yep. or Love it. Chow from Sonic Adventure and like they'd take it out of the controller and like take it around with you. Oh fuck it was so good. And it had took three expensive batteries that lasted about 19 seconds. About 19 uh, seconds. Fucking VMUs. Like, oh. uh, the design of that controller, the way that for some stupid reason, the cable came out of the uh, bottom and uh, it had a no, clip no. on the back so yeah. that you wouldn't get it tangled. But it had an analog stick. It was based on the Saturn 3D controller, which had a which was uh, distributed with Knights, which was an they amazing game. They were ahead of their game. time, I'm telling you. 
They, they were, were, they really were. Oh god, I remember playing uh, Speed Devils on- uh, and there was Speed Devils Online. It was a hot rod racing game. And you had a gradable cars, uh, but every time you went around a lap, something happened on the track. So there was a Hollywood map, and on, uh, I think, uh, rap, uh, rap? Rap? No. Uh, lap three, rap a three. giant dinosaur would come out and try and eat your car. It also had speed traps, so as you were going up, you had to break the speed limit for extra money. And then you'd get chased by the police and shit for doing that. There was a, a map where there were tornadoes, and there was a map where there were aliens that would take your car away. It was awesome. That was one of the happiest times of my life. Someone said the Dreamcast was the John Kennedy of consoles. Oh, God. Die before it's time full of promise. Damn it! Wow. Oh my God, it's true though. Wacky races on Dreamcast. Yeah. Oh man. Fuck yes. I unlocked yeah. every. It took me ages to unlock the uh, the Mean Machine. I played a uh, PSO PSO as well. Fantasy Star Online. Fantasy Star yeah. Online. Oh my god. Oh. I, I stopped playing Fantasy Star Online because of a hack that wiped my character and replaced it with a shittier one. Oh. Uh, this was when I learned to hate the Game Shark. The Game Shark was, of course, a, a kind of Game Genie esque cheat hack thing. It was fine until. People figured out you could use it for Fantasy Star Online and wipe people's characters remotely with it. And steal their shit. Mm, they get into a lobby with you and they could like fuck with your character there. Yep. I lost oh. my I lost my full level character with all my good shit and got replaced with some level twenty jackass. I I that's... never played it again after that. No, that's that's gonna kill I used it. to I had I had like three friends who loved it too, so we would only play offline together as a group of four. Mm -hmm. And it was just perfect. Yeah, online was terrifying. You'd like see, you'd see like a guy come into the lobby, but he wasn't a normal PSO sprite. He was like a Sonic or like a Tails because he'd like changed his fucking sprite. He's a Game Shark, and everyone would just flee. Like, get the fuck it was out! Like a yeah, guy with a gun <laughs> into a fucking food store. Like everyone just like flees, tries to jump into private rooms or like just alt F fours out the Literally game because he just that. turns around. Yeah. He's like, hi everyone, and we're just like, oh god, no, please. That is exactly how it worked. Uh, some of them would try and bribe you as well. It's like, give me your items or I will do this to you. And Ooh. you couldn't do it. You couldn't do anything about it other than uh, pull the plug. Uh, you, that was literally the safest thing to do was pull the, pull the network plug. You the Ethernet cable and just rip it yeah, out. Yeah, yank it out. Yank it out. That was it. Oh, good times. Fuck. Good times. It was a good time, yeah. I, I remember getting my Dreamcast It was uh, on Christmas Day and my dad was super pissed because he'd never bought me a console before. And he bought me and my brother the Dreamcast. He got it with Sonic Adventure and the Sega Rally 2, and which was a pretty good like launch lineup. That wasn't bad. The problem is it, we got one of the ones that was bugged that reset every minute. Oh, he was fucking furious because you know they spent like three hundred pounds on this fucking console and it didn't work. He was pissed. I don't blame him. I'm so sad that PSO2 is not going to get a Western release. No, I played it for a while, but. Couldn't I just couldn't understand the, the yeah. hieroglyphics that are I mean, Japanese language? Th those games, I don't know. I I played Fantasy Star Online a few years ago. I think I played like the GameCube version, and it didn't age well. No, no, they do not. As an MMO, it's very basic. The combat system is also real basic, and there's not a lot of content. But we've always got Fantasy Star Universe or whatever it was called. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Yeah. That was like one of those games that came out for 360 and was five quid within about eight seconds. Oh my god, it was, yeah. Like it it went yeah. out as a new release at fucking 7.99 and then was reduced to <laughs> five. 
God. And then it, it, it was so bad because it had you had a fifty, it had like a fifteen pounds monthly subscription attached to it as well. So you'd like get you'd like boot it up, and it would be oh, like I remember you had, that you had to buy and pay for an account to play. Yeah, that's not well. Yeah, the first you'd probably want a decent game attached for that, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, you yeah. really would. You you were saying Ashen, sorry before that. Yeah, famously they had uh, Dreamcast keyboards turned up in Poundland. Just loads of the bloody things. But they also, for a short period, because they went almost immediately, they had the Dreamcast arcade sticks, which are some of the nicest home controllers They're going. Nice. And I always wish I'd picked one up, but I was in a situation where, well, I've already got one, but it's like, fucking quid, my God. But I could not sort of get it home for about three days or something, so I didn't buy it. And to this day, I kick myself for not getting that second Dreamcast arcade stick. You would have carried it around for three days if you had known. Yeah. They're probably worth at least a billion pounds on eBay by now. <laughs> Never mind. Such is life. Yeah, pretty much. I miss the Dreamcast terribly. It's really, really good machine. With a lot of great games. Even its launch lineup was actually really good. I mean, Power Stone was in it, for one thing. Yeah. I think it was like uh, Sonic Adventure, um, Sega Rally 2... Which was good. Uh, it Ready to Rumble was one of the. That was a game. good game. I liked Ready to Rumble boxing. That was really so I fun. That on day of release did nothing for me. I couldn't get on with that. I thought it was all right. Ashens, you would have made a ripe old sixty-five dollars if you'd have kept that arcade stick. Damn! I could have bought however much that's worth in pounds. You could have worth bought Battleborn. It's, it's fifty yeah. pounds. You could have had fifty pounds. My God. I'll never see the best. likes of that money again. <laughs> never. Oh, Take yourself into your dying day. Dynamite Cop 2 was another fishing. launch one. Yes, Dynamite Cop 2. I, it was a shame Dynamite Cop 2 was not like uh, Die Hard Arcade. I, Dynamite Cop uh, with the two-player, because that was great. Like Dynamite Cop on Sega Saturn was the logical successor oh, yeah. to Streets of Rage. A grandfather clock was a fucking weapon in that game. Yeah. You could pick up a grandfather clock and beat the shit out of people with it. What else? Oh, uh, yeah. Pen Pen Trisal. Trill Salon? Trill Salon? Yeah, the penguin racing game. That was a yeah. thing. Uh, mm. Toy Commander! Oh, How good yes. was Toy Commander? Mm. That was a game where you get to play a bunch of different military toys, and there were a bunch of different yes. levels surrounded. So you could like be a plane, or a train, or a giant dinosaur, and all this sort of thing. Uh, Sega Rally was obviously great. Sega Bass Fishing with the fishing controller. Can't beat that. God, yeah. And you could use the fishing controller in, um... Soul Calibur. Soul, Soul Calibur, yes, yes, of course. It was one as a really simple motion control that didn't work properly. Yeah, it was it was busted and hilarious. Yeah. It was absolutely what you should be using. They, what else? Um, Expendable, which was a pretty good top-down kind of twin stick before they had twin but, stick. Oh, yes. Some of the chat said Choo Choo Rocket. Choo Choo Rocket! Oh, God. The I story still have of... my copy of Choo Choo yep. Rocket. Given so away free. Yeah. Choo... Only, uh, I have one Dreamcast game that's still mint condition, and it is Shenmue and Shenmue 2. Those I are worth a fucking fortune condition in sealed copies of both. Yeah, they yeah. are worth a fortune. The yep. story of Choo Choo Rocket is a story worth telling. <laughs> because, which that's a word you'll Batman never hear again. Versus Superman versus Choo Choo Rocket. Versus Choo Choo Rocket. Choo Choo Rocket, incidentally, had the best fucking uh, Japanese commercial that I've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to play it for you. It is 16 seconds long. You're going to get sound. It's going to be wonderful. 
uh, and then I will tell you the story of what happened with Choo Choo Rocket in Europe because it's a bit of a weird one because that was supposed to be a commercial game and it ended up not being one. Uh, so this is Choo Choo Rocket. This is the 16-second advert that was played in Japan. I like it. There we go. You've experienced 16 glorious seconds of Choo Choo Rocket song with a banjo involved. Uh... It is the fucking best. Uh, so the the weird story about Choo Choo Rocket is that it was supposed to be um, a, a commercial release. And it was delayed so very, very long that for it was supposed to be released like years before that they actually gave it away for free mm-hmm. in the UK yeah, to promote... It came with the console. It actually... They actually... Sweet. They sent it to you. Yes, they, they did. S- yeah, they sent it. It's they like sent a, it with a, a letter. keyboard, didn't they? Or is it if you bought the keyboard, they sent it to you? I, f- I can't remember the setup now. I think so. Yes. So what something. happened was it, it did it really was like well a in Japan. Slip. Yeah, it did really well in Japan uh, in like 1999, and then they're like, "We're going to bring it to America and Europe," and it slipped and slipped and slipped, and they released a demo of it that was really popular, and then it slipped again, and they. Didn't they released it in America, but they didn't release it in Europe for like fucking months. And then finally, on in June, they gave it for free to everybody who was subscribed to Dream Arena, which is the online gaming service for Dreamcast. They got it free, so they they bundled it with uh, their browser, which was called Dreamkey, and you got you got it for free in the post. So randomly one day, Choo Choo Rocket arrives, and I'm like, this is the best. I just got a free game, and it's amazing. It's a it's a really fun real time battle puzzle game. That Here's is still the problem with Choo Choo awesome. Rocket. Is when Choo Choo Rocket came to me, I was playing Power Stone, <laughs> and that shit never got played. <laughs> played it like twice, <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play some more Power Stone. It's. I, I just love the fact that it was one of the best online games for the Dreamcast. It basically demonstrated that the Dreamcast could do online multiplayer and that it would be good. Because it was awesome. You just you jumped online, you played against people, and it was fun, it was easy, it didn't lag, it was reliable. But so people loved it, and that really pushed the online aspect of the Dreamcast until, of course, the Dreamcast killed itself. Or Sega did. It was it was part of a strategy to market the Dreamcast and market the online play. And uh, mm. that's Dreamcast. Uh, Think about it, it was impressive. It, well, I mean, it was all, you know, just this built-in modem on it. What was yes. it, 56K, presumably? Uh, I think it may have been 33.6, but... Uh, Good God. And yes, it worked. Yeah, it did. There was actually a broadband adapter available for that thing later on, mm. uh, which yeah, did help a lot. They fortune, those. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. It's... Uh, it was a decent online service, honestly. It, I believe it was... Yeah, it's a, you can get Choo Choo Rocket on iOS and Android, by the way, if you want to keep playing it. Oh. It is available. They did release a, a version for mobile. I would love to see another one, because that game was super fun. Cool. That's our little Dreamcast in memoriam, I suppose. <laughs> uh, 
RIP. Yeah, brethren. we literally wanted to talk more about that than we did about this week's news. I don't think there even is anything this week that I give two snots about. Oh, uh, at the pos- Xbox Dark Souls thing? We touch on that? Can't if you like. Um, although it Dark sounds Souls? like Stuart had something. Do you know about it? No, far right. You said Dark Souls. Now I'm interested. Like this. So Dark Lay Souls was released in Japan uh, yesterday. Oh, uh, fuck. Yes. Sorry, um, I'm with you. Yep. People were making Japanese Xbox accounts and trying to buy the game Japanese. Uh, the Xbox would register the region they were in, realize they're in US, <laughs> would translate the Japanese version of Dark Souls to the US version for them. And so people were getting the full US version of Dark Souls three weeks before release yesterday um, because Xbox fucked it up and this is like not the first time that they've done this they did it uh for blood bowl as well they released like all of the dlc that the company had um that they were waiting on like when the game came out like they've done it quite a few times in the last year but like i was like they've done it enough that it could like it feels like and it's only on cross-platform games too it feels like it's almost deliberate <laughs> Like they're like leaving these things in <laughs> knowing that it's going to help sales because it's just like so fucking dumb. Like, how can you do that? And the reason the game's not coming out for three weeks in America is because of like tax and licensing because the tax year starts in April uh, in America. So it's like, it's an yeah. interesting reason. It's Makes big, sense. It's big fuck up. But uh, yeah. Uh, have they closed the loophole now? I have no idea. So <laughs> I have no idea at all. But um, yeah. No. I'm going to wait for PC. I want that 60 frames per second. Draw. I know. You do. Well, uh, I so played it yesterday at the at 60. It's, you know, it's always going to be better at 60. There's not even a question about that. The The PC version is fine. Um, I don't care about the embargo because I'm not going to be reviewing the game. So I'm, I'm not much of a Dark Souls fan. I'm not going to waste my time doing that because no one cares. Here's the problem with Dark Souls, right? Nobody cares about my opinion about Dark Souls. So there's no point in me giving it. <laughs> because either you don't like Souls or you've already pre-ordered it. Mm. My opinion doesn't matter to you in a fucking... Any universe. And you know what? That's fine. I just won't bother then. You know, it's... I, I'd rather play... You know, I, I like the Souls series. I admire the Souls series for what it is. And I just... I don't want to spend my time playing it. Really. I'll probably do a little report that says, Hey, is the PC version good? I mean, it's okay. Done. You know, it works. Mostly. I'd recommend a controller. Mostly. There was mostly. a bug we found out yesterday uh, that is related to the uh, windowed mode versus full screen in that game. When we first started, the full screen mode had so many frame drops in the options menu that it literally disconnected me from the online service because I was lagging too much. And in doing wow. that, and moving on to the character creation, it was running at about a frame a second, and it took about five seconds to move something on the menu. That was fixable by hitting Alt-Tab and going into windowed mode. And if you oh went God. back after that, you were fine. Outside of that, the only thing is really just use a controller, because the menu is just as awful as it was in the previous versions, and if you navigate it with mouse and keyboard, you're going to be thinking, what the hell's going on? So there's that. But otherwise, it's a Souls game. The thing about Souls games is that everyone's made up their mind weeks, months before the game even comes out. So even if the game is the worst Souls game of all time, you've all pre-ordered it anyway. And Never which pre-order. Is, 
no. Stop pre-ordering video games. Pre-order. They're going to do it anyway. And then they're going to get salty that streamers and reviewers get it before them. I was like, it's not fair! Uh, what? What do you mean it's not fair? How the fuck? Review copies have been around for decades. And now you're suddenly complaining now? You're only complaining now because it's a game you wanted. What you should have done is not pre-order the damn game in the first place and waited for us to tell you whether or not it's any good. That's our job. If it sucks, thankfully it doesn't seem to, but if it sucks and you end up buying it, that's your own bloody fault. Don't do it. Like, ah, wait, I have I have 15 subscribers on YouTube. Why do I not have it? Because you didn't work to make any damn contacts. If you'd done that, you could have got it. I want people to just give me viewers on a platter. I want you to fuck off. You're lazy. <laughs> this is new generation of millennial streamers, man. <laughs> These entitled little millennials. Generation of streamers. The new generation. This is like eight minutes. This is the quiet you. This is the third generation of streamers, and they're lazy. Third generation. My generation of streamers. We scraped and we clawed and we pulled ourselves up by our virtual bootstraps, by our boot camps. If we're using macOS, we had to go uphill both ways to stream, and by God, we liked it. And by God, we liked it. It took we us had to type all the ones and zeros individually. 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 Encode those frames. We didn't even have XSplit. What's this XSplit? It's this casual liberal nonsense, is what XSplit is. <laughs> we had to beam our pictures directly via the internet, frame by frame, compositing them ourselves. What's encoding? What is compression? All these wonderful little things that these damn new. Kids don't know how lucky they have it. Damn they kids with their music. Know. And their, and their stable streaming. Damn yeah. kids with their Twitch. Oh, no, my, back in my day, it was called Justin. It had a real name. It realized yeah. what it was. It was a single Asian male. That's what it was. It was Justin. He realized yeah, he didn't have an identity Justin crisis. Get on his thing. It was just in. It was just in. Very nice. We like it. It's good. Seriously, though, if you want fucking review copies and streaming copies of a game, you've got to actually prove that you... Deserve it! So go and make contacts. Go and make content. Do something. It's like, I made a video three years ago. It has 10 views. Why don't I have a Dark Souls 3 copy? Maybe because you didn't Guys, fucking heal them for one. You copies, you need the three Cs. All right? You need content. You need contacts. You need cock gobbling. Okay? Yes. Those are the three <laughs> things you need. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely need as many cock goblins as you can find. I Level 5 cock goblins. Every studio and a white you worm mask. Behind me is all the cox goblins running around. <laughs> cox goblins. Like, nice. I'm podcasting. Back there, they're doing their magic. Give me contacts. Oh yeah. I didn't say Later, my pretties. Goblin. Cox goblins. Yeah. No, we all know what you're talking about. We're all aware. Well, those cox right. goblins. Yeah, that's true. Cox goblins. I lend them out to friends. They're very nice. They don't bite. They do laundry. They're good guys. They're good I'll guys. I'll take one. I'll goblins. take ten. <laughs> ten cox, please. <laughs> um, uh, yes. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I didn't get a code. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll, I'll sort you out. You see, you, you've got to see. You've got a contact. Huh? You've yeah. got a gobble TV's cock. No, you don't. To be fair, they probably wouldn't give you on the grounds. So I wouldn't do anything with it other than uh, secretly play it in my room and giggle to myself. So. I mean, I, if I don't tell them that, they might be okay with <laughs> I it. I mean, here's the thing. I would like, recommend not saying that. that bit out. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't cut that out in post. It's fine. No. Oh dear. Much if we laugh about multiple generations of streamers and stuff, there are people watching my YouTube channel who are younger than my YouTube channel. 
That's amazing, Wait, isn't what? it? The channel's I mean, it, 10 years old. 10 years old, like man. Eight and well, yeah, all right. Yeah, I guess that's a possible thing. I don't know why that yeah. seemed crazy. Like, I, I think half of it is because I'm worried because I swear too much and they're teaching the kids bad words. Every you should be every 13 time. or 15 or 16, depending <laughs> you on should the be territory you're right on age of 13 before you start. Yes. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're supposed to be 13 to have a YouTube account. You're not technically allowed one before then. Yeah, that is our excuse. So quit it. Yep, mm. quit it. We put strong language warnings on our stuff for a reason, damn it. Mm. We take no responsibility for your bullshit. Prefer, I prefer your children learn to swear from me, honestly. <laughs> if someone's going to teach them, I prefer it was me. Yeah. Cox goblins. Yeah, that's Cox what goblins. we want to learn. <laughs> Cox goblins. You have to oh, loan okay. me a couple of those. I got a few. I got a few with your name on it. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll pick them up tonight. <laughs> I got some cocks with your name on it. What did I'll bring them to Superman. Give me a little. Yeah, bring a couple of Cox goblins to Superman. I'll take them home. <laughs> really enjoyed co optional podcast tonight. Hashtag Cock goblins. Cock. That's, that's not how it's spelled. Life. No. We meant something entirely different. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, so, um, did yeah. everybody see the potential leaked image of the Nintendo NX controller? Yes! <laughs> Wasn't it debunked horribly? I yes. would hope so, because it appeared to be modelled on Hey Arnold's head. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> the, the problem. The problem with it is that it was believable because no one believes Nintendo can make just a normal controller. That's all we only want a normal controller. And every time Nintendo's like, here's our new idea. It's two sticks you bang together. Like, stop it. <laughs> stop it, Nintendo. <laughs> Donkey Kong. Somebody was a great amigo. Game. Yay. That I is I just want a normal controller. I just want a normal console that's powerful and plays Nintendo games. That'd be great. That'd be so great. That's not a controller. That's a blender charger. That's a base station for my blender. That's not a I don't, I don't believe that for a second. No, absolutely not. It looks like the shard of a mirror. It does. An evil mirror that predicts the future. <laughs> An evil mirror. Yep. It must you look like a shard. Shit. Yes. We're How do I look, mirror? Fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Outside. Gather the six shards Why of your Why did I buy this thing? <laughs> Gather the shards to play the Nintendo Nintendo. <laughs> that's, that's the logical step on from Skylanders and Amiibos. Oh shit, you gotta you collect to different controllers. of your console in mystery bags. Man, that's almost like a PC. Uh, <laughs> five bits seven of the console. graphics cards and no RAM. Fuck God sake. damn it. Why does this keep happening? It's another Titan X. Fuck. Fuck these RNG boxes. Only available in GameStop. Oh no. My seven motherboards. For you a can't time. have a CPU because you didn't shop at Best Buy. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Yeah. You can't gather uh... them together for the ritual. <laughs> CPU coolers are a pre-order exclusive. No. Yeah. Augment oh, your pre-order. Oh. No. Oh. Please oh. never use that phrase again. Yeah, don't worry, guys. It's still a console children. We we just need their blood in order to combine all the pieces together. So yeah. <laughs> keep your kids around. We need yeah. virgin blood. Yeah. Ultimately, it may very well be real, but who gives a fuck because the controller isn't out yet and neither is the console, so who gives a shit what it looks like? No. And they already debunked, like, the other day when they said they weren't going to make any more Wii U's, Nintendo's already been like, no, nope, nope. we're still making Wii U's, so... But people are like, well, Nikkei said it, and Nikkei's really reliable sometimes. Like, yes, okay, but Nintendo said no. Also, who cares? Are you, are you an investor? No? Who cares? Who cares what the controller looks like? The console isn't going to be out for, like, months minimum. 
Why do you care? If you look at the Wii U, there are six different controllers for that console. Yep. Literally six Six. controllers. I hadn't thought of that. that, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hell. I have four of the six for that one console. I have two. And they're all different. No. God, I never even thought of that. That is ridiculous, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They've got the, the newly branded GameCube one. They've got the new Pokken fighting controller. They've got like the Wii U black controller. They've got the regular one you come with. Mm-hmm. But where's the shard of an evil mirror that looks like Hey Arnold's head? It's in the, ex- yeah! it's in the new one. Pre-orders! Pre-orders! He's the support <laughs> character for Pokken Tournament, is what he is. <laughs> but no, no Psyduck! You get that, but no Psyduck. Disgusting. There's a lot of weird sort of lies about Nintendo at the moment. We should make our own up. Yeah. Let's come up with some rumors about mm. Nintendo. Let's go around the room. Yeah. What do we got? Mm. Mm. The Nintendo NX stands for non-existent and is just a scam <laughs> to get your money with pre-orders. Like Krispy Kreme, which was revealed it's today to be a hoax. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, in fact, it is Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme... <laughs> It's a hoax. Donuts are the Nintendo NX, guys. But they're not not donuts. They were a complete scam the entire time. We didn't realize. The whole thing was a hoax. Go read that ClickHole article. It's fucking hilarious. But, uh, so, I heard after, after, um, you know, good old president's death, uh, rest in peace, uh, they decided they were going to develop a concept controller, which was basically a balloon. And you would control it by inflating and deflating the balloon. And this was all a big tribute to his uh, seminal work, Balloon Fight. Which, unfortunately, they, they figured out that uh, it was a little bit too lawsuit-prone. It kept exploding in people's faces. So they had to cancel it. But it was what, also what like could have been? That was a problem. They had a I mean, it could, that. It, that can happen. Like if, if, it was, if it was blown incorrectly, and bear in mind, we yeah. all know Nintendo love games which let you blow on them. That's and incorrectly a is a problem, guys. It's a huge problem. You, you guys have no idea. It's a huge problem. How problematic that is. Yeah. <laughs> to blow incorrectly. To blow incorrectly is a huge problem. <laughs> I can't stress enough. Yeah. I just. Well, the problem you is you, you stress too much, and that's why you can't blow properly. Correct. More, more Nintendo rumors, please. Uh, apparently the next Amiibo to be released is going to be limited edition. You have to buy it directly from Nintendo stand at E3, and it features Tosh from The Bill. You see, that's way too believable for me. The, the Bill, the police show? Yeah. Tosh was the like balding guy with the moustache. Oh, yeah, I remember him, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's a iconic character, I would say. Mm, iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I must own it, so I shall go. That's fair. Is that why you're going to go to E3? I guess I got to go to E3 now. Oh, well. Where the fuck's Tosh at? (laughs) He's out of stock. But we do have this this villager you can have. Yeah. Oh, my God. Little Mac. Little Mac. What What is your Nintendo rumor strip before we move on and decide to leave the show for good? My Nintendo rumor... Oh, I have to come up with a Nintendo rumor. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that I'm forcing you to be creative rather than relying on your dashing good looks for once. Strippin is the best Hocken player uh, in the world. That's not believable. Nintendo yeah, no, has sent him a wreath of Mario plushies 
by way of congratulations. For his coffin? Is, is this an <laughs> obituary? Like, what? For my? Because I'm the number one Pokémon player in the world. They sent you a wreath. For your funeral. A wreath of Mario plushies. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It may be Mario plushies, but it's still a wreath. It's still a wreath. Yeah, still a Most wreath, people like, don't get wreaths unless they're dead or remembering some ancient war. Like, what about the bouquet of Mario plushies? Yeah, there you go. Okay. No. Or, yeah. Like a wreath. No, a, not a wreath. A, a festive no, wreath. A like basket. they're dead and woven together. Like a... that. A lunchbox of plushies. What? No. <laughs> like, a, like the ones that are like a... you hang them on the door. No, it's, we're, to we're, ward we're away evil spirits. Crazy. What? <laughs> it is true. It's on the news. No, that that was the Passover. That's that wasn't real. No, no. It's in the Bible, guys. You don't Make even have Mario a firstborn. <laughs> that was my Nintendo rumor. Do you want That's some it. unleavened bread? Because I Look, have it. I'll, I'll give you some real news. Ark Survival Evolved are in a lawsuit. Yeah, I heard about that. Why? Because they they one of the guys who works for Dungeon Defenders. <laughs> Was secretly fucking just making survival evolved on the side. Yeah, it, it's it's an extremely basic non-compete. Super dispute. rich of it, and then they found out. I'm like, what the fuck, Bill? What are you doing? And he was like, I'm oh, mad. I know this game sucked dick, so I just made a different one. And they were like, <laughs> why are you doing this? And he was just like, look, now I'm rich. Fuck Disclaimer: We are and not like, lawyers. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, now we go and take some of that money. Because you've heard our livelihood, and he's like, but your game's a shit tower defense, and mine's dinosaurs, and they're like, the games are the same, Bill, and you fucked this up for everyone, and now there's a lawsuit. <laughs> I'm not sure that that was a legally accurate interpretation I'm of what sure happened. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere he signed a contract that said, I'm not going to do anything, like, else Yeah, it's called a standard non-compete, which under, a lot of people have to sign. Yeah, That's what the issues are over, it's just over the non-compete. Like, it's actually a non-story, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's a non-compete, that happens a lot. Okay, done. Next. You, you know, well, there guess, is- I guess the problem is that they're trying to sue Studio Wildcard as opposed to the actual guy, because they yeah. know how much money they've made, and they're trying to get money out of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's like one developer going for another developer because of one guy in the middle. Yeah. <clears throat> Not great PR because Trendy has had some PR issues in the past with uh, possible and staffing issues. Sucks dick. So okay, right. PR. I mean, you must hate that game. I've never met anyone who's so passionately you've gone hard on that game. Right? No, that's the first. I've just the first time I've ever said anything about it. Oh. Yeah, and the first thing you said was. Adamantly, like, fuck that game, dude. I, fuck, I spent like fucking seven hours trying to play co op with a friend on Dungeon Defenders 2, only for them to be like, oh, sorry, we broke it and haven't fixed it for four days. You can't play with your friends. And I was just like, what? And they were like, you can play online, but just with strangers. Have fun. And I was like, all right, now I hate you forever. <laughs> what a weird reason to hate people. You know what? I'm not going to judge you. I'm not gonna I've hated Square Enix for less. I'm not gonna judge you. You keep on hating, hater. Uh, so hey, there was there this was one final do. thing that actually has some significance, I think, which multiple confirmations of the rumors, the rumors they may be, that there will be a PlayStation 4.5, which will be an upgraded version of the PlayStation 4. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man, I'd hope that was some weird rumor because it's. I mean, it initially was, but there are more people now coming out of the woodwork and saying they've independently confirmed it. 
Um, I believe Eurogamer Digital Foundry have confirmed it with their own sources after Kotaku basically said it. IGN uh, has now followed up with it. So obviously it's possible that that's still wrong, but it looks like it's going to be an upgrade. It, the likelihood of it is that it will offer some sort of select 4K functionality. It will have increased processing power to actually get that, or it will, and it may also be smaller. I would also imagine they're making it uh, probably future-proof it a little bit for VR. I would say yeah. it's probably quite likely. Be a major factor. Yeah. Is it called the 32X? <sighs> I hope it's not that mushroom ballsack-looking thing. Oh, good lord! It looks it's like a it... great console to collect for, though, because there's like five games. Yeah, it's easy. You can get a complete collection, no problem at all. <laughs> it looks like an infected sack of testicles, which is not ideal. But uh, that was yes. That uh, will be the shape of the NX controller, though. So uh, an inflated sack of testicles. Yeah, it's a it's a derivative of the balloon controller that was ill-fated. The uh, incidentally, those thinking it could play 4K, not a fucking chance. Not in a million years. They're talking about some kind of 4K output probably for either some vr experience or either very 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 limited game or vi well for video as well you know mm. the, because uh 4k is incredibly demanding if you've ever tried to run 4k you will know exactly what i mean even on a system that has multiple high-end graphics cards you're still going to be struggling my system can play some games in 4k but not at 60. yeah someone's saying possibly just 4k for movies most likely yeah. Yeah, it's almost certainly just that. The upgrade is interesting, though, because it comes on the back of recent discussion and, well, not so much rumors, confirmation that games like Quantum Break, which are obviously brand new for Xbox One, are actually running 720p under 30 frames per second and using magic, basically, to upscale to 1080p, a sort of some kind of temporal composition. Dude, wasn't that like a big thing? They tricked, they just lied to everyone. And then yeah, they flat out lied. Yeah, game. I mean, it's the same with Killzone. You remember there was a lawsuit over Killzone mm. when it first came out that said, this game runs at 1080p, and actually half of it didn't. So they sued, which, weirdly enough, actually did not work. I would have thought it would have, but one way or the other, these consoles are really fucking underpowered. I don't know if you've noticed this, but they're already feeling really old after basically being out for two years. Yep. And Dude, Dark Souls 3 is a it came out yesterday it has frame rate issues on it the does PS4. it has major frame rate issues on xbox one second. it has and frame rate issues because the consoles can't handle the game it's well it's that and the fact that all the souls games have frame rate issues all of them you know you remember blight town was there oh, any reason yeah. you know, yeah, they're get, all like that i don't get i don't get frame rate issues now in blight town i got frame rate yeah. issues then in blight town well i mean if you got it on console you still do but on pc you didn't that's true you do on, on console it's about three frames per second it's yeah i mean consoles they re they already released out of date and now they're even worse you know and why do why do you think i don't play anything the only thing i play on is like wii u because there are games that actually run at 60 on that oh you know? my god pocket is clean at 60. there you go pocket is clean why, why can the wii u do this because that's what they prioritized instead of like we want fancier shadows it's like well i want a game that responds like it's not made of treacle I would like that. That's why I have a PC. I have a weird thing in my head I realised recently. Whereas if I'm playing a game on console and the frame rate goes to shit, like um, 
them. So like Earth Defense Force, where you know, fucking fall oh, down God, single yeah. digits, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. It's fine. Playing it, don't mind. Oh, it just happens. If I'm playing a PC game and it dips below sixty frames per second for like 0.4 of a femtosecond, fist through the screen. I want Boom. to buy nine new graphics cards now. I don't Into understand why I've got this weird disconnect. You're just accepting of your failure of a it's, son that is a console. So oh, it's a it's combination. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a it's a combination of two things. Better from you. All that money I spent on college. Damn. Piano <laughs> lessons for nothing. <laughs> it, it's the kid that you know is going to be a failure, so you're not yeah. disappointed. The I, so I'm going to give you a two part explanation for why you think that, and see if this is kind of close. Uh, one it. expectations, obviously. Yeah, that's the most obvious part of it. You don't expect it to be running really, really high frame rate, so you don't notice. The biggest part, though, secondly, it's the controller. The responsiveness of the controller, or the lack thereof, masks the changes in frame rate, whereas a keyboard and mouse is so quick, accurate, and basically instantaneous response that you immediately notice any drop in frame rate as a result. A lot of PC games I do play on controller, though. Okay, but you notice those too, right? Yeah. I think what it is right, mostly for wrong. me is that the... In my head, the PC was a lot, lot more expensive. Not that only in my head, it. but also in my bank account. Yeah, I was going to say that actually might be true. Yeah. 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 The mothballs in my wallet. So, yeah. <laughs> give give yeah. me an unconscious level of yeah. this better the, fucking the smoldering be bank account. Yeah. Jesse, yeah. you've been like, your lighting is awful. You've been like black for the last hour. Like, you can't even see your face. It's just darkness. Nothing but you darkness. You are Sith now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's killed oh, Han! Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I need your help, part. Father. <laughs> <laughs> Hush. Is that better? Hush. This redness? Hush. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. Uh, I think PlayStation 4.5, may maybe it will. I mean, I'm glad that they're even thinking about it because if we're going to get another seven years of this bullshit, then by the time we get to 2000 and whenever when they announce the playstation 5 games are going to be running at three frames per second they're going to be fucking slideshows so no uh let's not if you're going to do an upgradable console or by upgradable mean buy a fucking new one as in the apple mac syndrome then cool all right uh i doubt it'll be enough of a performance upgrade to make a difference but hey sure why not i'll just keep playing on pc that sounds good and that's it I'm pretty much done. We've already overrun, so we're going to plug our stuff and leave. That's how Yay! it's going to be. Sick. So, Mr. Stuart Ashens, other than eating horrible food, what is it you do? Where can you be found? And how do you buy the terrible old games you probably never heard of book? I didn't say other than. Say as well as, because people want to watch that. I, I want to watch that. I know, and that makes me sad. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bone. Um, I will live on the YouTube channel Ashens, A-S-H-E-N-S, -E uh, where we look at retro gaming stuff on occasion, really bad rip-off consoles, just crap I've bought from Poundland that isn't very good, and we point at it and laugh. And weird food, sometimes massively expired food. It's all a bit of a laugh. Go along, watch some videos, subscribe if you like, subscribe if you don't like. Don't subscribe if you like. Look, I don't care. I'm not your mother. Just just sort yourself out. So like, favorite, subscribe, box for box, sub for That's, sub. Yeah, all that gubbins that I yes. don't get involved with generally. And um, so. Also, I have <gasps> written a book. Yeah. Terrible old games you've probably never heard of. We mentioned it at the start. Look at the lovely layout. 
Mm. I didn't mm. do the layout. I'm bad with graphics. No. But unlike every other YouTuber in the world, pretty much, I did write the words myself. Oh, so- shade. <laughs> See this? This is shade. This is shade. I'm creating shade with your book. I've got bullet holes from the shots fired. Oh. The audience knows. They always know. I, I, if only that were true. <laughs> it's true for some of them. Yes, uh, thankfully. John and uh, Gwenda, if I remember. Anyway, yes. Um, it's a nice book. You can order it from Amazon. It's very hard to get hold of if you're in America on the grounds it was only published in the UK. But uh, uh, no, you it can isn't. get Amazon to... Uh, on, uh, you don't even have to import it. Amazon currently has copies right now. I bought this yesterday and it arrived course. today. It was in stock and it wasn't even that expensive. It was like $12. It's almost there like you're are. trying to get rid of them. Yes. <laughs> uh, on clearance at this <laughs> very <laughs> moment. <laughs> Yeah, it was easy. Yeah, like, almost like they've got local stock in America now, so they do. Uh, so someone must have imported it. It's actually seventeen dollars, which is still cheaper than the recommended retail price, and it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, you can just get it, and it'll arrive like the day after or two days after, depending on where you are. Also, you can buy our Blu-ray and DVD combo of the film what we gone done made a few years ago if you're in the UK. Which is Ashens and the Quest for the Game Child. It certainly is. Directly, and yes. we're currently working on a sequel, um, scripting at the moment for shooting later this year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Is, you know, do you feel okay making the rest of us look lazy? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of all right with that. Good. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you've I mean, come to Someone has that. to be feeling good about the situation because we aren't. Yes. So. <laughs> I'm already tired. Can I go back to bed? This is a lot of work. I will confirm that that Blu-ray is significantly cheaper than the Angry Video Game Nerd X collection, which is $50 on Blu-ray. Damn! To be fair, that, it does have a lot of stuff on it. <laughs> well, yeah, so but... does Battleborn, and I can fucking buy that for $50. Buy Battleborn, <laughs> yeah. not Angry Video Game Nerd's Blu-ray. Fuck you, Game Nerd! <laughs> Battleborn! <laughs> What a weird beef. Yeah, fuck the game nerds. Yeah. Battleborn, no? <laughs> fuck the guy that laid the foundation for our entire careers. Fuck him. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Cock goblin. <laughs> anyway, that's it, I think. Unless you live in Norwich in the UK, um, when next weekend I'm doing a talk about terrible old games at the Norwich Gaming Festival. So come along to that mm. if any of you are watching from there and you're not. People are requesting that I do the audiobook of this. No, I'm going to do it myself. No. There you go. Damn. Which is a much better idea. And then, yeah. and then once he does it, you guys can get it on audible.com slash cynical. Cynical! There you go. Maybe. Yep, yep. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Yep. He might on, not release it on the there. entire book now. We've got a minute, haven't we? Yeah. <clears throat> Off you go. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to chill. <sighs> My God. I think... gave up. That's his audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> there. It's a really, it. It's pretty short. A very short book. Yeah. I don't it, know if an audiobook could work, really, because a lot of it's quite visual. I mean, there's mm. pictures, but I'd, I'd still listen to this shit. Describe you can describe it. To people. Yeah. Mm. There's a picture here. You? It's quite blocky. There's a man. He's uh, white. <laughs> he's standing near a black thing. And there's something brown. And, yep. Yeah, 8-bit graphics not quite working. In I that, mean, I to be fair, this entire page is a fucking pigeon, and you could very easily tell people that. True. There's a bad pigeon that looks like it was made out of origami by somebody whose hands don't work correctly. Yes. yes. 
It also looks yeah. like it has a treasure map on it. I don't know if you've noticed that. There's a little yeah, trail yeah, with X. That's the wing line. It does look a bit See? like that. Yeah, there's, there's a fucking bad pigeon. That's got a you see the treasure map? One of the worst com games ever released commercially. It simply doesn't work and can't be played. And they released it commercially twice. Uh, Man, anyone can just release a game. I should try and release a game. You should. I mean, you should have realised that. You've got Steam. Cock Goblins. Cock Goblins, The Reckoning. Cock yeah. Goblins. <laughs> Gotta have the reckoning in the title. Yeah. Add reckoning to anything, it just makes it instantly better. Oh my god, you just steal cocks and while, while men are sleeping and they wake up and they're just like cockless. That's the game. It is the worst idea for a you game. You are the I worst. Don't know how that would work. Just this like, is a world where there's like a poop doll. in my soup exists and you've <laughs> somehow made a worse like a game than that. That's how you beat the game. Everyone looks like Bobby and Ken. Isn't that what happened with Dead, uh, DOA Extreme 3? Or two, one of those where like the women, like they're all in their mm -hmm. bikinis, they like have giant boobs and shit. But when they gave men bikinis, they had no dicks; it was just flat. And everyone was like, "Every man in this universe is a micro penis." Go look that shit up; it's really funny. It's great. I did not hear about this at all, but okay. No, nope. I'll just I'm do gonna... a search: dead or alive micro penis. And now I'm on some sort of register. Thanks. <sighs> look, gotta, this happens gotta... every time Jesse's involved. I don't know why we haven't learned that. You're going to get put now. on a registry at some point. It might as well be for micro-penises and dead or alive. Yeah, I searched penises, dead or alive, and I just got, like, Wild <laughs> West stuff. Like, what? Dick Clark? Dick Clark Ooh, is dead. Dick Clark in a Wild Wild West movie called Dead or Alive about penises? Dick, Dick Clark died <laughs> uh, in 2012, apparently. Uh, Wait, what rest does that have to do with dead or alive? Oh, oh, I know, oh. I, I uh, typed in the word dead. And then it, gotcha. Dick Clark is dead. <laughs> Shit. Google, you are smart. I'm just saying that they don't have any penises. That's all I'm saying. It's funny. As its best friend and supporter, I'd like to give the obituary for our Audible.com sponsorship. If you don't mind. <laughs> it was a good man. It, it was a good sponsorship. It, it was taken before its time. <laughs> you tried so hard, but... yeah. It got so far, and in the end, it didn't even matter. Will you... Remember me in the arms do do? of an angel. <laughs> Slowly turn the light off. <laughs> Let's go. It's time to go home. <laughs> turn it off. Shut it down. We're you done. shower of bastards. I. Oh, fuck me. Jesse, what's coming up on your channel this week? I literally have no clue. Just, I just <laughs> got a new Let's Play to make. I got so caught up in Oxa 3. I haven't done much besides that in my life. So. Something else new is coming. Uh, Fan Friday. Oh, CoxCon on Friday. I opened up 300 more tickets because I am, I wanted to because people were pestering me. Because you then like money? All these, people, all these people pestered me and there's still 200 left. Look, you sons of bitches. I shouldn't have done it. I should have just I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> we were sold out and you bastards. <laughs> so we're changing it again. We're changing. Look, it's happening. You're taking 200 back. No, I'm, I'm going to take it back if you don't buy them. I'm just going to take them back. F you. I got so many harassing people. Out again. Like, I wanted to go this year, and they were sold out before I could go, and I really wanted to see Total Biscuit. I thought it'd be. I'm gonna take him away now, you asshole! <laughs> take him away. You better buy him. Do I don't have to go now? Remove him before I remove him. Fuck. That's I'll good because I don't have to buy Strips Carvery oh. dinner. Oh fucking hell! It's never. You're not gonna get one. You're gonna have to buy your own. I've got to buy both of us now after you what do? happened. Yeah. You do. Paragon. You absolutely do. You're responsible for that. 
There's a harvester. We can go with that. You win, you win some, you lose some, I guess. But I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get it for you. You have to get it yourself. Fucking hell. That's five quid. That's five quid there. Fuck. <laughs> Strip. What the hell's coming up on your channel? Oh wait, you barely have one. Oh, Do you have, a, you have a Twitch though? Yeah, uh, not a lot's been going on. I've been uh, having some personal issues Indeed, this week. Yeah. So we haven't done much content, but I will be streaming uh, later today. I'm going to be playing some uh, Pokken Tournament right after this. Um, yeah, that's gonna I'll probably I'll probably stream that through to the weekend. I'm not going to stream Dark Souls yet. I'm going to wait till like April seventh or something. That's uh, oddly specific. specific. <laughs> that, well, like NDA, the NDA lifts April eighth, and yeah. that means I can actually play the whole game without having a, like these guys will have to play a third of the game, then wait two weeks. Why the well, fuck? Unless they have the stuff? Japanese version and are not bound by the embargo as a result. Yeah, which is like one guy that can speak Japanese on Twitch. Yeah, he's just. He's making bank right now. Or but. you ended up getting the version on Xbox that converted to English and you were yep. also not bound by an embargo agreement. So those of us that actually got the press version are literally handicapped versus those that didn't. They were like, congratulations, here's your early copy and some handcuffs. Fuck you. Which oh. is hilarious. Uh, cool. Which is also why I will not endure any more of your complaining. It's like, yeah. you don't get it. We go yeah, back at youtube.com slash stripping, Twitch tv slash stripping and at stripping on twitter consistent branding we like it what's going on with the channel for me i will hopefully finally get back into it i've been taking a few days off because doctor's orders and fatigue and shit but now thanks to kale i am back on my feet so kale. i am got wonder food fucking kale kale the food or like a nurse called kale no kale the food a nurse called kale that's a good book oh yeah. that's a good book it's a kind of yeah. manga right a nurse, nurse called, called kale. kale yeah Battleborn video. Uh, I'll be doing a video telling you why you're all stupid and you should actually look at Battleborn because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'll probably do a Paragon video which will say you're all stupid because you're supporting the card system which is awful. I'll do a Battlefleet Gothic video in which I'm just going to make orc noises for 20 minutes and I, you're going to love it. Can I just interject really quick? I finally saw the Battlefleet Gothic orc video. It's so fucking know. good! I don't know what the hell any of them said. It is two and a half minutes of Orcs going, roar, roar, roar. I'm like, I have no it's idea. It's the most British thing that exists. It's, ah, uh, it's a nat. Look, Warhammer 40,000 is a national British treasure. Games Workshop, a terrible company that it is, has produced things that we are proud of for some reason. And Orcs are the most British of the British. Everyone I in the 40k universe is British. Orcs are extra British. I mm -hmm. could not understand a word that was said in that trailer. It it's was unintelligible. I was like, I don't know what's happening. It is the just the you all voices you need... in Dawn of War are still some of my favorite things ever. Let's I'll... make it okay. Let's make it okay. Fix your gubbins. Yeah. Just uh, they're like the people I grew up with, except less ugly. They're like my dad, <laughs> but green. Yeah, to fix your gubbins. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mixture of a angry bear and Smeagol, but it works. <laughs> and now they have spaceships. Who thought that was a good idea? I don't know, but they're flying in spaceships. The trailer came out two hours ago, and it's the most British fucking thing in the universe. I'm going to play it at the end of the show. <laughs> go watch. It, just go watch it's it. It's just too Please, good. Please, someone tell me what they say. Someone write to me what is <laughs> being translated. I, I, can, I can translate it for you. Don't worry. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, I hope one of those from Glasgow. That'll be great. Yeah, that's a thing. There'll be videos, probably. Otherwise, I'm releasing a t-shirt, either today or tomorrow. Ooh! 
It's into the wild. Into the wild, yes. It, it, you <laughs> free. need a freezer if you're going to hunt it down. Get your motors. having this t-shirt. If you're Go hunting on. motors and you happen to see the t-shirt fly by, shoot. <laughs> Grab it, yeah. Just pop it and you get 400 points. It's, <laughs> it's based on... Uh, it's a parody of Deadpool. You will hopefully like it. And I'll probably be releasing it either tonight or tomorrow morning. I'm also going to immediately go and work on uploading this podcast because I accidentally, well, yeah, accidentally said the podcast will be up Thursday and then realized Ashen's had to delay, so I have a deadline which has already passed. So, sorry, Audible, I'm getting it done now. Please don't leave us, regardless of all of this. But regardless, big thanks to Ashen's for coming on the show today. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Very good of you. Definitely a dream invite for a lot of people over the last few years. We will happily have you back anytime if you can stomach our bullshit. I'm sure that can be arranged. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. Thank you very much. At least three more cock goblins next time. We that can be arranged. We will get them shipped and packaged. I believe we have to freeze dry them for long distance, but it should be okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Crossroad Podcast. Thank you very much for watching. Big thanks to our sponsor, Audible.com slash cynical today, and big thank you to Strippin for filling in for Dodger, who is lazy. We will be seeing you probably next week at some point, maybe. I don't even have a guess for next week. I'll figure it out. Thanks. Bye. Condor. No. <laughs> <laughs>